Blog Talk Radio. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension, a dimension of pressure, a dimension of coverage, a dimension of mind. You're moving into a land, two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man, of help-side defense and active hand. You've just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. Brought to you again tonight by Phone Pack, supplier of all Graco products. We're just a phone call away, 888-458-2928. Also by Advocare South Jersey Orthopedic Associates, 856-424-8866. And Integrated Play, the if you are in the career changing from professional athlete into a career, 269-760-3857. Contact Renee Shaw. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mike. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Lots happening in the uh, the world of basketball slash sports this week. Well, first of all, Kev, let's forget about that for a second and let's uh, let the listening audience know that yesterday was your birthday. How? How? What are you? Thirty-three? Yeah, thirty-three. Thirty-three. Wow. Yeah. I remember from thirty-three. I remember those days. <laughs> a long time ago. Would you do anything good for your birthday? You know what? Uh, no, it was it was actually nice. It was like the first birthday with Olivia, my daughter. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to kind of just relax and. Isn't isn't it funny the the older you get and more birthdays go by, the less you do. Yeah, it's you know, true. except for the milestone birthdays, twenty one, twenty five, mm-hmm. thirty, fifty, you know, things like that. But I mean, I'm thirty seven now, and from really thirty, my wife Rachel threw me a surprise party for my thirtieth birthday. Uh, but after that, I mean, you know, you might go out to eat on a Friday or Saturday night, but uh-huh. you know, it's just it's just kind of another day when you get older. Yeah, you, know, and you don't. And and as you get older, it's funny when you're younger, you, you want the birthdays to come. As you get older, you're like, man, I'm February 25th coming around already. You know, yeah. you just don't want those those birthdays. Just, uh, you know, keep coming. I'm creeping up on 40 now, and uh, you know, it seems like yesterday I was 21. So, but uh, happy birthday to you, and I'm glad you had a good day with uh, first birthday with your daughter. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, just relaxing. That's what it's all about. Didn't even do dinner. Didn't do anything like that. Uh, went to a wedding the night before, and I told my wife I was at the wedding, and you know, weddings, free food, free booze. Booze, yeah, boozing it up at a wedding. It's Nothing what, wrong with that. But I said I was like, you know what? I don't want to be uh, I don't want to be hungover for my birthday. So I just kind of I just really laid off 
laid back, had a few gin and tonics, and it was just off to off to work. And gin I, and tonics, man. La- Kev, the last time I honestly got last time I drank gin and tonics, I was probably about twenty four. I thought I thought I was a big shot. You know what? This wedding, I swear to you, I've I've never. <laughs> I mean, I played professional basketball, and these people. I, it was like it was like money talks there. I mean, these guys were loaded. They were successful, and it was like gin and tonic. Loaded, loaded, money wise or drinking wise or both. Both. There's nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> but it's like I, I was just kind of you know you you meet some people there, and it's like oh yeah, I'm the uh, the head of a huge law firm in D.C. And right. It's just like huh, and then another guy, you know, I I own my own I, company. Know, I'm it's CEO. Funny. I, I ran in and up. And on Aval- I was in Avalon on Saturday, <clears throat> and I ran into uh, <clears throat> a kid I used to play basketball with, and he was telling me that he knows he's actually the uh, CEO of NutraSweet and like a couple other things, and he he sold NutraSweet or sold something for like a hundred million dollars, and now he has a house on the beach in Avalon, um, <clears throat> you know. So, you know, you, you, people think you have money until. People have money, you exactly. know, like, like you know, yeah. Sha- you know, like Chris Rock always says, you know, Shaq's not wealthy. Yeah, the man- Shaq's rich. The man who signs his check is wealthy. Yeah, you know, so. Um, like if if Oprah, if Bill Gates ever woke up with like Oprah Winfrey's he'd money, jump out a window. Yeah, he would jump out a window. It's crazy. So you know, the there there were it was a it was a very ex- ex- what's the word I'm looking for? It, uh, ex- exclusive or, it, or is very exquisite, exquisite, exquisite. Maybe I don't know. It was, but it was. It was uh, exp- expensive. Expensive. There you go. But yeah, it was uh, it was a nice wedding, and uh, you know, we know the know the bride, we know the groom, and it was one of those weddings where you know no one else too. Yeah, yeah. you know what? To me, like Kev, honestly, you go to so many weddings. You know, around your age and a little bit younger, your friends all start getting married, and honestly, like weddings are fun every once in a while. But then you start going to them all the time. A, you start dropping one hundred fifty, two hundred, exactly. four hundred fifty dollars a weekend on a gift. On a gift. Yeah, and. B, it eats up your whole Saturday. It does. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, really, you know, you start, you know, the wife starts getting ready at ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. You know, you're running around picking stuff up, uh-huh. going to get a card, going to get cash. Next thing you know, you're going off to the church, and then it gets over at ten, eleven thirty at night. Uh-huh. I mean, it's your whole Saturday. I and my at this point, Kev, I actually send thank you cards to people who don't invite me to the wedding. <laughs> you laugh, but I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, I understand what you're saying because it's it is it's it's tough. They're, they're fun though. Like, like, they're fun. Why didn't you go with a bunch of your friends? Oh, that's, everybody. those are great. Yeah, you're just kind of hanging out by the bar, you know, maybe taking up a little corner of the dance floor. Uh-huh. Maybe, you know, not me. Thing, not you. Take not me. You going front and center? You know, and you know what, Sarah, my wife just uh, it's like she knows I don't dance. She knows I don't dance when I'm not when she knows. Okay, she knows that I can dance. She knows that I don't dance when I'm don't really know anyone. She also right. knows that I never dance unless I'm intoxicated. Yeah, well, most guys don't. So I was two in the hole, and she's trying to pull me up there in the dance floor. I'm like, Sarah, really? Like, just you know, you know, no. what, you know, what my gig is at weddings, um, <laughs> and I, I did it on my own wedding too. I don't know if this is good or bad, but when I drink a lot and there's a DJ, I'm always after the microphone. And oh, you're I, trying to sing? Oh yeah, I, yeah, I sing at the weddings, oh, and I'll wow. make and I'll make up my thing is I'll make up the own my own words to the song, and I'm actually pretty good at it. Like I'm a quick thinker when it comes to that kind of stuff, and I'll sing like um, I don't know, like Sweet Caroline. And for instance, my wedding, 
our good neighbors, uh, the Callahans came, so I was singing Sweet Callahan, you know, just making up different words about their, you know, during the whole song. Uh, but that's my thing. I go right, I head right for the mic. Head right for the mic. And when I head for the, when I head for the mic, my wife Rachel heads for the bathroom. <laughs> She's like, oh, here we go again. This isn't going to be good. Yeah. Weddings. Gotta love them. Like yeah. I said, you know, good times, but, uh, it expensive, does. It takes yeah. expensive, takes up a lot of your day, and, uh. When you don't know anyone, it becomes it becomes a little difficult, but uh, you know, fun nonetheless. So that's how I spent my birthday weekend, and then Sunday just relaxing, uh, hanging out with uh, Olivia and my wife Sarah, and just you know, living hey, living the dream. Living the dream. That's it. Sometimes you have to relax. I was doing yard work all day all day Sunday. Jeez. Rachel decided she wanted to uh, have a tomato plant garden <laughs> on the side of the house, so I'm out there uh, weeding and doing all kinds of stuff and. You know, gardens are always, they always seem like a good idea. Like, that's one of the things, like, it's always a good idea until you have to take care of it. Yeah. You know, everybody, like, everybody wants a garden, but you realize why most retired people have gardens. Because they take a lot of time. Like, yeah. They take care of you. You know, you have to pick all the stuff, and you're out there woodering and cleaning and keeping the rabbits away from it. And it's a, it's a, it's like a full-time job. What? I'm just laughing at you, the the thought of you like chasing rabbits away. No, you know it's funny. I just you you're not a Sopranos guy, right? Yeah, I like Sopranos. Got, I just saw the one the other day. I, you know, on the iPad, I, I've been watching about six or seven episodes an hour. And is that possible? And, well, when you fast forward to your favorite oh, parts, yeah. it is. <laughs> so uh, the one when um, what's his name, uh, Artie Bucco, the owner of uh, the restaurant, he, uh-huh. he he brings back these. Uh, I forget what kind of plants they were. Uh, tomato plants or some kind of plant from Italy and the rabbits out there eating them and he goes in and gets his shotgun and he just shoots the rabbit and his wife comes around you're not allowed to shoot guns in the city limits or whatever and so I, I kind of re- I find myself I, I relate everything to the Sopranos now well if you're watching it six uh, episodes an hour I, I, I guess get, you I can't get enough of it I cannot I just cannot get enough of it see I like the I'm, I'm a big Sopranos guy I haven't, I haven't really watched in a while see, you probably like I, three or four years since I was overseas like yeah. overseas you watch but everything. I have HBO Go on, on my oh iPad, yeah that's and the way to go Kev I mean they're his, they're funny like you know it's just funny Paulie Walnuts is hysterical <laughs> they're funny they're really funny but uh yeah I uh, listen HBO Go I'm all about HBO Go I caught up with like uh, I caught up the entire like I didn't see Game of Thrones when it first came out. I was watching. I caught up with it as we as oh, it yeah. like went on. Yeah. I was just like, well, that's the beauty of HBO Go. Yeah, you, you can know, catch entire you, episodes. Yeah, just keep watching all. Yeah, HBO Go. Are they sponsoring us yet? I don't know. They should be. I, I think they should they now. Should be. Um, that and uh, Netflix. <laughs> should Netflix sponsor us? That and McNaughton's Garden Center. Yes, McNaughton's. McNaughton's. <laughs> they should. They should definitely. They really should. Um, so uh, yeah, okay. So the, should we talk some NBA? <laughs> I, I guess. The Are there people, any other nurseries around? People on Blog Talk Radio are just like switching the tune. Like, oh, I think I'm on the gardening, gardening no, talk gar- show. I'm on the uh, HGTV right now. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, yeah. We don't have it. Oh, here it is. Right now, right now, people are going. Hold on. This is this HGTV. <laughs> um, Pretty much. All right, Kev. So the right. so game game two of the NBA playoffs last night. Let's go, let's get down to business let's get, right let's now. Let's get down to brass tacks. Let's knock um, all this tomfoolery. And again, I I went into the series and I don't know if I said I don't think I said last week, but I thought the Spurs were going to win in seven. But yeah. 
I whoever wins two of these three games at in, in San Antonio is going to win the series. If San Antonio wins two of three, they now head back to Miami to have to pick off one game in Miami. Now they're going to have to win, I think, game six because game seven in Miami. I don't think they're walking out of there. The Miami's not going to lose for the title game seven in Miami. Yeah, it's going to be that's going to be a tough. But one. if Miami wins two of three, it's over too because now they go back home. Go back home. They have to win one out of two at home. Yeah. So the and and, I, and everyone's heard the stat by now. Ninety two percent of ninety two percent of the teams who win game three since they went to this format two three two win the series. It's crazy. I mean, they they. Every single game you hear the new the new stats, the new analytics, and uh, it's just it's crazy. Like there's all these stats. Whoever wins game one, ninety three percent of the time yeah, wins right, the series. Right. When the Spurs win game one, ninety eight percent of the time but, they win the series. You know series. what's funny? I love when people go, "Oh, when the Phillies play the Brewers um, since nineteen forty two on grass in daytime." Blah blah. Like they're totally different. Shut teams. up, wheels. Shut up, wheels. Totally different. Stop. I like wheels. Totally different teams, totally different players, totally, you know, totally different errors. So, but you know what? That's what sports is all about. It's all about numbers and yeah. going back and looking at the history and things like that. Um, but I, I think everyone knew that last night was a tough spot for Miami for uh, for San Antonio. Yeah, I think uh, the, the you know when the Heat turn it on, I think they're 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 near nearly impossible to beat. I think uh, the Spurs obviously have a tremendous chance with their. Uh, with their talent level. And you know what's funny? Because you talk about the big three in Miami. The big three in San Antonio are three Hall of Famers. I don't think I don't think that Miami's going to have the, the big three. I think maybe maybe two out of three. Definitely not. Chris Bosh, there's no way yeah. he's going to the Hall of Fame well, unless he buys a well, ticket. Yeah, there's no way. But I'm not sure Ginobili is either. Um, See, I think Ginobili's going. And you know why? Here's why. Ginobili's also a pioneer. Like he's he's one of the first uh he's I mean he's one of the first South American probably the first South American born player to be an all star to do to do this and that. He's won six man of the year countless times. Pepe Sanchez? <laughs> okay, second. <laughs> so, you know, he's 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 a pioneer. He's also kind of brought that European style, which although he's not from Europe, mm-hmm. he's brought that style with him and uh you know, part of that explosion of, of Foreign talent was was with that that first burst. I mean, you had yeah, like the Tony Kukoc, Nowitzki might have been. Yeah, but you're right with Tony Kukoc. Yeah, but Tony was not like a, a star. Dirk was a star. Well, to, no, but Tony was a star overseas. I mean, he was. Oh yeah, he was Jordan, a star overseas uh, in Croatia. Where was he? Croatia? Or, yeah. Uh, Lithu- uh, no, he's from Croatia. Was it Croatia? And it's like, but you look Drazen Petrovic. Yeah, like Drazen Petrovic yep. was the same same yep. way. Do you see that documentary about Drazen Petrovic? No. It was really good. Speaking of documentaries, the doc, the oh, doc, yeah. the documentary is on tonight at nine o'clock. NBA TV. Doctor J. Um, a lot of people don't like my take on Doctor J. What? That he's overrated? A little bit. Now, now, don't get me wrong. He was great. I know Anthony and, Gargano would probably no. Anthony Gargano would kill me. But look, he was great for his time. He he did things that were never were never done before in terms of the aerial display. Uh huh. But in terms of basketball skills, his skill set wasn't very good. No, I he agree. Did, he didn't dribble the ball very well. He didn't shoot it well. He was a nice defender. You know. Now 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 again, I didn't see his ABA days. I just saw the Sixer days. So it was a little bit late in his career, but. I just think he dominated because he was just a better athlete than everybody else. Well, and, you know, that gets into the whole argument that we've had uh, on here before about 
you know, what constitutes a good player? You know, LeBron's the best athlete the world has ever seen. By far, hands down, the best athlete this world has ever seen. His skill level is a top 100 player in the NBA. But he's the best player and probably could be the greatest player ever to wear a basketball jersey as he goes down. And he's, it's mainly, I mean, I'm not going to say mainly because I think he does have skill. But I think, you know, he's going to go down as one of the best because he's such a freak athlete. Because if he's not, Michael Jordan's 6'6 and skinny and was able to do what he did. Uh, Based on, he had a lot of skill. LeBron doesn't have the skill of Michael Jordan, but he's he's, overpowering. He's overpowering. You know, speaking of LeBron, why do we have to, why do we have to, why does he have to win another championship to validate his career? I don't know. I mean, he's great. He's already, yeah. I mean, you know, don't give me Elgin Baylor. I've seen videotape of Elgin Baylor. Don't give me Elgin Baylor's better. Don't, this guy's a top three player of all time right now. Okay? But we have to validate his career. We, we can watch American Idol for 10 minutes and look at a kid and say he's great. We've been watching LeBron play, play for 10 years, and we still have to, we still have to, he has to validate his greatness. Mm-hmm. Why? He's great. I mean, I watched that game last night. He wasn't scoring that much, but he collapses the defense, the double and triple teams, and then he just finds the wide-open shooter. And to their credit, Allen and, um, and Miller were knocking down threes last night. He just affects the game in so many different ways. I mean, everybody talks about that block on Tiago Splitter. I mean, come on. It was Tiago Splitter. Yeah, I, I agree it's with Thiago that. Tiago Splitter. People... I mean, my God. That's all, I mean, Sports Center today, and, and first take all year, the, 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 the block, the block, the block, the block. I mean, you know, if that's on Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, if yeah. it's on like, you know, Scotty Pippen, a high yeah. Tiago, as Stephen A. Smith would say, Tiago Splitter. I just, I, I didn't, I saw it, and I think it was a great block. And but but it wasn't a game changer. I mean, they were no. well ahead at that point. I mean, it, but I looked at Twitter after. I mean, I it was actually, oh my god, it was ridiculous! It was ridiculous. Like I hate see, I hate puns on Twitter, and I hate people. So I hate the the LeBlanc. I'm hearing a lot of LeBlanc. Oh, it's no. like, shut, oh my god! Like and like people are so proud. Like I'm the one who who made up LeBlanc. Like great. By Go back way. into your basement and. By the way, if you haven't been a Heat fan for more than three years, yeah, you have no, you, have you a, can't watch. You're, 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 you're a LeBron fan. Yeah. You're a LeBron fan. That's it. It's the same people who who are huge Chicago Bulls fans when Jordan was around. Now, now look at them. They're why? Okay, I was driving today. I was thinking this. Why do people feel the need to be attached to a winner? Because you know, you know what I mean. Like, like, are you are you that are you that? I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Insecure. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you that insecure? That you have to just attach on the one like these cowboy fans around Yank. You never walk in Walmart and see someone with a Pittsburgh Pirate shirt on. <laughs> I'm serious. Like you just don't see it. And if you do, it's a guy from Pittsburgh. I was about to say if you if if we're talking Walmart, I think there's half the population may have Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh fans. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> or well, Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, but really though, why do people feel the need they have to be attached? Like like when Kobe and Shaq, they were the Lakers. Um, you know, when the Cowboys, the Yankees, it's the. I mean, there's there are Duke fans everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be associated with a winner. I mean, I, I'm a Philly guy. I, I'm the Philly four for four. All yeah. the Philly teams. Now, obviously, if the Phillies or Eagles or Sixers or Flyers get knocked out, I, I have a I, you know I'll, you have I'll, a rooting interest in someone interest. else. Yeah. I, and I usually root for the underdog. Mm-hmm. You know, or a guy like or somebody like that, or maybe a coach. But I, I just can't see. I, you know. You, you get all these guys. Oh, I'm a Yankees fan. Well, who's your favorite basketball team? Well, I like the Heat. Who's your yeah, favorite I football d- team? I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a um, Cowboys. I'm a Cowboys or, or a Patriots or Ravens. Yeah, now they're Patriots. Well, who's your favorite hockey? Well, I've been a Bruins fan for about ten minutes. You know, it's just 
It's yeah. because people just don't have any – people don't like to – it's like the people don't like to lose. So they try to they try to almost like emotionally overcome that by just rooting for a guaranteed winner because, God forbid, their team loses. But I think that's the best part of being a fan. And we talked about Cleveland last week as a yeah. lovable loser. I caught heat because my stepmom's from Cleveland, so I was catching a little heat for that. But it was yeah. like, I wasn't, didn't mean it as an insult because – I I think Cleveland has it's it's a it's a cool thing to have to still be a diehard fan yet your team never wins and it's like you're still you're still filling up the filling up the seats every game mm-hmm. to see a loser but I think that's that's what's great about it and that's well, why I love about Philadelphia and like rooting for the Phillies when they finally won the World right. Series I mean we we yeah, we were, were there we're on Broad Street yeah we we were there it's like. That the the feeling was was one of the best ever. Well, do you remember the movie? Did you ever see the movie Fever Pitch? It's one of the sports movies I did actually see. Um, but uh, who's the guy? Who's the guy in there? The head guy, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. Jimmy Fallon was a huge Red Sox fan, blah, blah, blah. and he said something that's so true. He said it's good to like. You know, his, his girlfriend said, "Why do you like him so much?" Well, you know, he said it's good for your soul to invest in something you can't. You don't have control over. Exactly. And I, I agree. It is. Like, you know, we have no control. Thank you. I'll be here all night. That's. I was just applauding you watching another movie. Um, Did you watch that this week? No, I've seen Fever Pitch a couple times. I, Why was I, that off your top ten? Why was it off? It? Yeah. It was... I think, you wrote down a list of all the movies. It was, was on it there. On yeah, that? Fever Pitch was on there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, you know, like, hey, it's funny, Kev. We're, we're diehard Phillies fans, and... The Phillies got good in 2006, 2007, uh-huh. when they started making that nice little run. And can you imagine, like, little kids, like, seven, eight, nine years old? Oh, the Phillies are in, a world, the Phillies are in the playoffs every year. This is great. Yeah. You know, they weren't around for the Ricky Jordan and Chad O.J. and, uh, you know, and Randy Reddy days. No. You know, like we were in the late 90s and, uh, you know, the mid to late 90s and early part of the decade were horrible. And you know what? I'm also going to blame parents uh, for this because you have parents who – when you're growing up, like you're, you should never your your kids should root for the team that you root for. They should never have a, a, another team that they root for because if that's the case, then you're not rooting hard enough. Because yeah, I think it's because kids kids in general are the ones who are going to be like, I want to I want to root for the Heat because you're watching them play. I mean, they want to they want to watch a winner. They want to watch someone who's going to play all the time. And who's on TV all the time. So they're going to root for it. So it's up to your parents to be like, you know what? This is where we're going. We're going to see the Sixers yeah, play. It, we're it going is. to see the Phillies play. We're going to see the right. Eagles play. This is the team we're rooting for. And I can understand having a second favorite team and stuff. But you don't – if you're a parent and you're rooting ahead of the of the other one, that's that's no yeah. good. But when you're younger – you know how kids are, Kev. When we're in the playgrounds when you're younger, everybody had the Jordan shirts, the Magic shirts, you know um, – the Jamal Mashburn shirts, you know, you're on a playground, you know, you shoot a turnaround jumper, Mashburn, you know, you never heard kids shoot a turnaround jumper and say, uh, Tony, you know, or, uh, you know, Sedale 3, like, you know, I mean, it's just if there are no identifiable players or superstars on your team, you tend to kind of have to lean to someone else. I mean, the kids, kids aren't, you know what I found, Kev, kids aren't fans of teams anymore, they're fans of players. Yeah, I agree with that. They're fans of players. They Um, are. You know, you see everybody with a Blake River. I like Blake River. I like this team. Well, who's your favorite team? Well, I don't have a favorite team. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I. And you're you're right. You know, you want to root for, you want to see that superstar and stuff. And I think that's why it hurts a team like the Sixers, who kind of, you know, they don't, or, or 
you know, a team like who else? There's there's teams that don't go out and get the superstar because they don't want to. They're trying to rebuild the smart way. And now we're talking about all the analytics and you know money ball basketball. It's going to be that's what we're talking about. The fan the fandom is going to is going to suffer. I mean, when they're in the when they're in the finals and stuff, you're going to be rooting for them. But like a team like Indiana, I guess the the Pacers fans are going to root for them. But like yeah, there's no a kid outside of outside of Indiana, they're going to be like. Who am I rooting for? Right. Well, who was the superstar on the 2004 Pistons team when they won? You know, they didn't have a superstar. No. Ben Wallace was a great rebounder. Rashid. Rashid. Chauncey Billups was a nice player. Tayshaun Prince was Prince good. Was really good. He was really good. But they didn't have any superstars. No, they was they were a team. You know, and everybody said, and that's kind of like this year. Well, Tony Parker is obviously developing into a superstar. Uh huh. Or you know, is a superstar. Duncan obviously was a superstar. Yeah. He's on a little bit of decline. You know, going three for thirteen last night. Ginobili was horrible last night. Yeah, he wasn't he even was much hard. great. He couldn't handle the ball. Um, the one play that I think was the turning point in that game, Kev, was I think the Heat were up about three or four, and uh, Ginobili had a horrible turn, turnover. They get down and hit a three, and that just sent the crowd into a frenzy. And from that point, it was just, uh, you know, LeBron, Steele, Dunk, three. Um, it was you know, like, a, what, like a 38-5 run. 33-5 run, I think. 33-5 run. That's tough to do against the Spurs, but – Man, if the Heat get out in transition, man, look out. It's just, but you know what, Kev? I don't think one game has to do with whether the Spurs lost last night by forty or three. Uh huh. I don't think it has any effect on Game Three. I, I just think the next game is the next game, and you rarely see the carryover. Yeah. But what you do see is human nature kicks in, where the the Heat, the Spurs go up one nothing. The Heat. It's almost it was almost impossible, physically impossible for the Spurs to match the Heat's intensity last night. It was a must win. The Spurs, human nature, like human nature wise, the Spurs went and go. We already did our job. We won a yeah, game. Yeah, we won a game. We, we, had, we had to win a game, Miami. That's uh-huh. it. So, and no matter how much Pop can give these speeches and the and the Vince Lombardi speeches, Newt Rockney, it's impossible for the Spurs to match their intensity. They're they're human. And and the, and and the, and the Heat had to win that game. It yeah, was it, was, it was a Cause must you, win. Because you lose two there at home, it wasn't coming it's back. Over. It wasn't coming it's back. To, it wasn't coming back to Miami. There's no chance. No, it's over. And you're right. The, Miami did, and that's what I'm saying. When Miami plays to the best of their capabilities, it's a team that they're they're LeBron, Dwayne Wade. They're genetically freaks freaks and it's it's gonna it's there's no no one can compete with them and i don't care how well well you play as a team when it push comes to shove they are the best and they're they're the most talented team in the nba when it's a must win game and it comes down to one-on-one matchups uh you gotta give miami the edge right well i tweeted last night kev that um chris anderson is just so active and assertive, mm-hmm. and Chris Bosh kind of just floats around the perimeter. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I tweeted last night, he's a $100 million jump shooter. He's a $100 million 17-foot jump shooter. How do you not go inside? Like, he is just, he. if anyone has completely ruined, ruined his, his everything, his career, everything, it's Chris Bosh. I mean, going there... And I think he it, was twenty-two and ten guy in, in, in the, Ra- at the yeah. Raptors. And you, you know, you, you talk about a future All Star, and a, who knows? You know, twenty-two and ten, you consistently do that. You go to, you he make the team the winner. You make Toronto a winner, and it's it's a different story now. People are they, just like you're. It's like it, you're horrible. They like, were a better team. Good. They were a better team last night with Dwayne Wade off the floor. 
when LeBron was in with Mike Miller and Chris Anderson, um, you know, you got to give credit to Mike Miller, too. Here's a guy sits on the bench all game, uh-huh. gets off the bench, and just nail, starts starts hitting threes. Uh, you know, and I know you're an NBA professional player, but, man, I mean, you're coming right off the bench of an NBA Finals game. The first th- the first yeah. play you hit was two, three feet behind the line. And that's, you know, that's what those six men, that's what those guys do. I mean, that's what they're, that's what they're paid to do. I mean, Mike Miller is paid to be a just heat check off the bench. You, it's It's like... You you can't you don't have time, especially in the NBA. You don't have time to warm up. There's no way you can just sit there and warm up. It's got to be you got to come off the bench and you you got to be hot immediately, or else you'll never play in the NBA. And yeah. I think you know Chris Anderson gives you energy instantly off the bench. Instant. Mike Miller hits shots instantly off the bench, and that's Ray Allen just comes in. Ray Allen, to, yep. Uh, uh, Norris Cole comes in, getting right to the rim. And that's what I think. You know, people people talk about the big three and. How talented they are. That's the one thing we've talked about before, how talented their bench is. And, and the role players yeah. that they have are are top-notch role Look, players. Look, you know in this series, you know what the big three on each side are going to give you typically. Yeah. You, you know what they're going to give you. But what is Danny Green going to do? Exactly. What is Kawhi Leonard going to do? What is uh, Matt Bonner going to do off the bench? <laughs> Guys like that. Oh, You know, stuff like that, you know. You know what the big three are going to do, but is Mike Miller? I think remember last year in Game Six or Seven, Miller had like six or seven threes or eight threes off the bench. Yeah. You know, is Battier going to come in and hit a couple of threes? Is Ray, too, is Ray yeah. Allen going to give you fifteen points? Chris Anderson. Those are the guys. Those are the different make difference makers in you know determining who's going to come out on top and win the championship. That's true. I think it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be. <laughs> We're gonna have a good series. This I is mean, a great series because Santa, you're They're right. evenly matched. They are evenly matched, and when you talk about big three, you take those out of the equation. Miami has better personnel after that, I think. They do have better personnel, but I think here's what I think may ha- be working in the Spurs' favor. Popovich. Well, Popovich, but you know, I, I don't get too over overwhelmed with the coaches. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Popovich has never scored a point, so at the end of the day, the players still have to go out and make shots. But what I think the Spurs have a little a tiny advantage in, both of these teams get any shot they want at any time. Uh-huh. And and the Spurs, I think, can get better shots. I, I, I Yeah, well, it, and it does. It comes down to coaching. It comes down to execution. There's a lot of standing and looking for... In game one, Miami stood around a lot. Yeah, they're standing and watching but LeBron when they're act- go. when they're active, yeah. they're tough. But that's the thing. They're not active. I mean, we talked about Dwayne Wade needs to step up last week because people were challenging him, saying, you know, in the Eastern Conference Finals, you were you were a, just a... a, right. a decent role player. You weren't even you weren't even you weren't a superstar. And but, now he and he he picked it up for game two. But I'm telling you right now, the the, the ebb and flow of the game, you know, basketball and series is uh-huh. the Spurs are winning game three. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Spurs are winning game three. They got embarrassed in Miami last night. Yeah. They got embarrassed. They're going home in front of their fans and they're gonna come out with more intensity. It's kinda of, it's kinda of the emotional switch now again. The heat go, oh man, we just rock those guys. We can you know we can play well again. The Spurs are going, man we got, you know, we got our butts handed to now us. Now we, we have to, to win. We have to win this game because uh-huh. they know they have to win two out of three. I'm telling you right now, they win tomorrow night. Yeah. Our calling number tonight again three four seven two one five eight one two six. Follow us on Twitter at the match underscore up zone on Facebook. Type in the match up zone and by email the match up zone at gmail dot com and our website www.thematchupzone.com. dot com. We pretty much we pretty much cornered the market on uh, all things match up zone. 
Matchup Zone T-shirts. Oh, we coffee we, mugs. Yep. Oh, um, you know what? We we headbands. <laughs> we got. I I have to send T-shirts. There's like a few people I owe T-shirts to, and every time, every single week, I'm like, we need to get the because we switched our design and we were just like, okay, we had one, and they weren't that good, so we switched uh, our logo and. And everything. I think these ones are better, but now it's time to like send them out to people. I have addresses, so if you're if you're one of the fans that uh, has a T-shirt coming to you, plus again, we're intern list tonight. So shirt's running smoother too. You know it really that? is. Yeah, there's no there's no there's no mistakes. By the way, by the way, we have our lawyers right now patrolling the internet for people uh, using the words matchup zone. Kev, did I tell you? I swear, this is a true story. Casey Langle? Casey Langle is now patrolling. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, thank you, Casey. He's patrolling the internet for us. He's our resident lawyer. But when I was coaching at Hanfield, we won three straight state championships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I swear to God, I kid you not. You got, <laughs> I mean, no doing it. My, you know, it, I was just along. I was just riding Zubek's coattails. I was along for the ride. But we went three straight state championships and. We get T-shirts made up. What do the T-shirts say? Three feet. Three feet. Three feet. Yeah. We get a call from Pat Riley's lawyer. That's crazy. Stop wearing the T-shirts. Stop printing them. You know, don't wear them. Blah blah blah. Because Pat Riley copied. You know, he had a patent on the word three feet. Do you think some stoner in Haddonfield's gonna if no. he's gonna give a crap? Pat no. Riley. Who's Pat Riley? But it's just funny. It's like, dude, yeah. come on, Pat. Like, seriously. Let someone else have some fun. You know, like I, I want to patent the word the. How do I how do I get that done? I don't know. I think someone I think someone might have beaten you to that punch. There's a uh, yeah. There's a few there's a few words you can uh, definitely patent. I can hear that was good. What's that? <laughs> no either. Sound like you swam into a <laughs> fell into a lake over there. I fell into a pool. So, you know, NBA playoffs. Uh, well, obviously NBA finals game two. Where did you get that? What? Where did you get that? I have a bunch of them. Where, I have a couple. Of, uh, I forget where I got them. Somewhere. I'm not going to say what it says on it, but Mike right now has a has a glass that has a obscene word, and that's all it says. That's it. That's all it says. Is it a beer mug? It's just like a glass. It's a glass. Um, you know. <laughs> Good thing you don't have that with the interns. They're they're still in high school. Yes, they are. Well, and that's why and, you know. Again, that's why they're not here Exam tonight. Exam week. Exam week. We gave them the week off. Uh, they, uh, you know, it's there's some things more important. The internship's fun. Not hear you, but I saw you. That was sorry. I'm I'm drinking. I'm so thirsty. I'm drinking a glass of water, <clears throat> and the, I'm trying to lean away from the microphone. The so microphones are sensitive here. So and we sensitive. don't we don't have anyone to mute the button over there in front of. Honestly, over there in front of the soundboard, there's two micro three microphones and a and an iPhone five charger and two empty chairs. Oh, <laughs> uh, that that intern desk has never looked so good. <laughs> we're getting some uh, we're getting some tweets about Zeke the intern. Apparently he's uh What do we got? Apparently he's quite the uh, heartthrob these days. What's he what's he all about? I don't know. Someone we got a we got a tweet saying that uh he uh people are looking for him saying where's Zeke the intern? Apparently there's a there's a there's a few Zeke's more popular than us. Yeah, he is. And you know God bless Zeke. Well with uh with good reason. Cuz he's uh he's he's quite the intern. 
Again, uh, Colin. Wait a second. You didn't tell me that. You didn't tell me that person was my daughter. <laughs> I did not. I didn't want to. Jesus. I didn't know what the. I didn't really know how to broach that subject. I figured I'd just. My wife just tweeted us. Riley, who's my daughter, my two, my two and a half year old daughter. Riley is asking if at Zeke the intern is in the studio. Someone has a crush. I'm gonna break that kid's leg. Zeke, that is. <laughs> not not your daughter. No no not no not again. <laughs> so again, call in number three four seven two one five eight one two six on Twitter at the match underscore up zone on Facebook the match up zone and by email the match up zone at gmail dot com dot com and. We'll give a little. We'll send a little teaser out there. We're going to do it again later in the show. But uh, next oh, week. Oh, hold on. Where's the drum drum roll, please? Do we have a drum roll? No, we have, no, we have. Yeah, there we go. We have no interns, so they can't look up sound bites like that. <laughs> next roll, week please. on the Matchup Zone, we are going to have our the first and only Hall of Famer. Don't give it out yet. Okay, we won't give, give it, it out, out yet. In a couple minutes. We'll, what we'll tell you is. You know what? Send us your tweets. Call in. We'll have a little contest. Yeah, we're having a basketball Hall of Famer. Basketball Hall, Hall of Famer will be in the studio. Send us a tweet. Call into the show. If you can guess it, you'll get a T-shirt eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Eventually. Yeah, we're, we're actually going to start giving those out. Yeah, we are. So call in, tweet at us, text us. Let us know who you think the Hall of Famer we're going to have in, not in studio, but on the show next week calling in. Hall of Famer, first one on the matchup zone. We've had some good guests. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give, I'll give, the, I'll give the audience a hint. That no one's even. Yeah, I guess we let's give him a little hint because the Hall. How many Hall of Famers are there? There's a ton. Yeah. He has won multiple. I'll give a couple hints. He's. I'm sorry, Jeff. Oh, I'm sorry. He's won. He has won multiple championships. NBA championships, and he's from Wilmington, North Carolina. Who is that man who will be on the matchup zone next Monday night? Our first Hall of Famer, hopefully first of many. Uh, great, great player, obviously NBA Hall of Famer. Again, multiple NBA championships, and he's from Wilmington, North Carolina. That is your first clue. Who is that Hall of Famer? Call in, text, tweet. Uh, let us know who you, who you think You're, you'll be up for a T-shirt again. Oh, and we have another. We started this contest. Uh, we got a lot of pictures early on. We haven't gotten a lot recently. Uh, we had a, we had one that won, and we actually gave him a T-shirt. Uh, he had a good deuces and duck face. Uh, we had that out there. Keep let's keep that going. Deuces and duck faces. Send us your deuces. I mean, I've. I see it so much, and They're it's so hysterical. Funny. I look I look for it now. I mean, on Facebook, I saw some. Uh, I saw some again. I, even I'm looking at school pictures, and people are giving deuces and duck faces. Teachers giving deuces and duck faces, and I'm like, man, like if people need to know about this contest, so tweet it out there. Tell everyone, send us deuces and duck faces. Let's get it rolling. We got a call. We got a caller on the line. You are now in the matchup zone. Hello. Hi, this is Alec. Hey, Alec, how are Hi, you? How are you? I'm good. What do you got? You got a you got a guest for us tonight? A, a what? A guess. What do you want to talk about? What's up, Alec? Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait what a second. You? I think I know who go ahead. What's your question? Um, 
Hold on. Stage fright? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We lost him. I think I knew who that was. Who was it? It's so funny because people... And you know what? It's, it's funny because Mike and I will look at the stats each week and get excited and giddy and text each other and call each other and be like, did you see how many people listened to the last week's show? Do you see how many people are listening on iTunes? And it's definitely fun. And But it's like when we started the show and it was like 15 people were listening. So no, now our, our first show, our first show we had. Well, we ended up having like a well, few Our first thousand. show we had about 64 live listeners. Yeah. But like as as we went on, it's like, you know, people, more people started listening and you just got, but you, you stayed with that same comfort. It's like, I mean, I just don't even, pretty much I'm like doing the show like my wife and your wife are listening. But then you think right. about how many people are listening. So when a caller calls in, maybe they know how many people are listening and they're Another. just like, they're, they're, they're a little, they get a little gun shy. I don't I mean, know. Yeah, maybe I mean, some I, people. I, I've called some sports radio shows in the past. And you, you get a tiny bit nervous, I guess, but you know, <laughs> you know. Then you get Miss Sinelli ripping me. Um, but by the way, I call Kevin. Uh, I forget when I call. When did I call you? I forget. Was that what? Oh, Friday night. <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, a good one. I call Kevin Friday night. What time was it? Around. Uh, it was nine, like yeah, like nine ish. Call around nine ish to see what he's doing. Wanted to talk about some stuff. Like, yeah, like nine, nine thirty, something nine, like 9 that. Nine thirty. Wanted to talk about some stuff. He goes, "Dude, I got to call you back." And hangs up on me. And I'm going, "Well, that was weird." I, I, I now I'm thinking, like, did we get disconnected? So I call him back, and it goes right to voicemail. So yeah. now, so now I'm texting him, no response, no response. So now I'm thinking, oh man, I hope everything's all right. You know, he's got a newborn daughter. You know, daughter's young. I'm thinking, man, is that you know, is everything all right? So he calls me back at about uh. It was like eleven. About eleven. Eleven thirty. I'm like, dude, is everything all right? He goes, yeah, everything's fine. He said, uh, when you called, I was watching soccer. I said, I said, what? You you hung up on me for watching soccer? Yeah, uh, listen, and people don't realize what a huge soccer fan I am. I am like a diehard. Diehard soccer fan. In fact, one time I drove, I was driving, what's the field in Haddonfield? The Scout Field? Scout Field, yeah. I'm driving, I swear to God, I'm driving in Haddonfield down uh, Center Street, is it? Is yeah. Center Street. Uh huh. And I swear to God, I look, I, I'm driving, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't make this up. I can't make this up. I, I'm driving down Center uh, Center Street in Haddonfield, and I just kind of look over, there's, there's, a, there's a field on the right, and I kind of glance over, and I see a six foot ten dude juggling a soccer ball by himself. And I'm going, are you kidding? Kevin was on the, in the field, like, working on corner kicks by himself. I really, I, I, I did it. I totally, totally did it. I'm like, listen, I'm a huge soccer fan. And you know what? Soccer used to be, and here's why, and I'll give you, give you the reasoning behind why I'm a huge soccer fan. Because please, when I'm overseas, it's like there's nothing else to watch. I mean, you could, there, you'd watch subtitled movies uh you'd watch it was just like there was nothing to watch or you can just sit there and watch soccer so you kind of took an interest and i was i always liked soccer i mean i was never never hated it but it the the interest level has rose as i started playing professionally and going overseas because it was something that i always watched uh and the usa soccer obsession is has gotten kind of crazy i mean 
my wife will be sitting will be we, during World Cup. It's like you're not going to find me during the World Cup uh, when USA is playing because I'm I'm saying it, my fandom and this is going to sound ridiculous, but my fandom goes Phillies, USA soccer, and then everything else. See, here's how I rank Kev. Um, do me a favor. Uh, this guy here wants to know how to get in touch with us. Um, he want tweet us the link. Tweet him the link to the show. I got um, it. I'm on it. You got it. Okay, yeah. So here's my here here's my uh, fandom. I go Phillies once. See, I'm a baseball guy. I'm a huge baseball fan, and everyone. I know a lot of people think baseball is boring, but I could sit and watch a baseball game. I'm a huge baseball fan. In terms of in terms of pro sports, I'm, I'm I think I'm baseball, football, basketball, hockey. In terms of watching, um, I just never really got into hockey. I'm not a huge hockey guy, um, but I respect what those guys do. And I, and I know, I know there's not a lot of in between casual fans. I, I think people with hockey fans either love it or they don't like it. And I and I think I fall more on the side of don't like it, just because when I was growing up, hockey wasn't that big around here. Uh-huh. Um, you know, even though Gretzky was huge, like I, I think Tiger Woods made golf fun for. I, I think he made it cool for kids to play. Uh, before Tiger, you know, kids weren't really going out playing golf, but when Tiger came along, he kind of made it cool and hip and had the clothing line and the whole Nike thing. And I think that made kids more inclined to play golf. Yeah. Uh, and more African-American kids because mm-hmm. predominantly golf is, is predominantly white. You know, people think it's white country clubs and this and that, but uh, he made it cool for, you know, young African-American kids to play too, which is uh, which is pretty cool. And that's see that's what they have to do with soccer, and this is why why I'll tell you this. <clears throat> we talked, you know, race and sports. Soccer is a predominantly white sport. It's not really overpowered by African Americans. Now, the best soccer player in the world is. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I think is it uh, Messi, Lionel, yeah, Lionel, Lionel Messi. Messi or something? And he's from Argentina. Second best, probably Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo. from Portugal. Whoa, 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 second best playing now or ever? Now. Now, okay. Yeah. So uh, you have to you look at those two, but in terms of, like, if, if the system was like this, if LeBron played soccer or Ray Lewis or, you know, some of these athletes that are just freak, freak athletes, if they grew up playing soccer, it's, it's a different it's, USA would be the best ever. I mean USA would consistently win the World Cup. But we're like yeah, ranked, why are we so far behind in because soccer? Because the this the uh the almost grassroots programs in soccer are mainly in suburbs. So you're not pulling your best athletes in the country. And you're pulling pretty much the you know, suburban kids and you know the Hispanic population in, but there's not really a ton of inner city soccer programs, which is which is tough. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah, why yeah. you're not going to have that freak athlete, the star athlete, the guy who can play any sport like LeBron, who can play any sport and see, be a, a, a Hall of Famer at see, it. I get mad when we're not the best at something. Yeah, like, I when do the USA too. Is not the best. Like I get mad. I feel like. When we were losing the when we were using losing those world games and Olympic stuff like yeah, basketball, it's frustrating. Like you know, we have the best players in the world, but we didn't have the best teams. Um, and then I guess when Shashevsky came along, he um, 
he kind of cleaned that up, and he's coaching the Olympics, uh, the next Olympic team too. But when the USA soccer team loses, or we lose uh, the World uh, World Baseball uh, Classic, yeah. you know, and again, yeah, I guess the Dominican and teams like that, they're they're better players than we are. This kid from uh, this Cuban kid from the Dodgers, yeah. uh, Pui, or how do you Pui? How do you Pui? I don't even know how to pronounce it. Like yeah. P U I G. Uh huh. My goodness, great. Yo, by the way, check him for check for Star Wars. That kid's a monster. When was he in the uh, Little League World Series about two months ago? Uh, I mean, dude, that kid is a monster. I mean, his first, uh, you know, his first week he had what four or five home runs, ten RBIs. Uh, we got another call on the line. We got another caller. Let's let's let's, so let's buzz him through. I'm, I'm a little I'm a little, I'm a little nervous right now because you know we have no interns screening these calls, so let's it's gonna it. be like Howard Stern. Let's hit it. Hello. Hello. You're in the you're in the magic zone. How are you? Um, I know it's kind of off topic, but what do you think about Joey Crawford's officiating in the NBA playoffs? Ooh, that's um, a good question. Joey Crawford had a couple. He, I think he had a couple suspect calls last night on LeBron. The one call when he made the uh, when LeBron set a screen, he was clearly set. I think it was a bad call. I think LeBron got punished for being bigger and stronger. I mean, yeah. the guy bounced off him like he was rubber. And Joey Crawford is one of those guys to me who likes it to be about him. Yeah, he's he's a he's an ego. He's an ego guy. So he'll make those calls because yeah, like you right. said, he wants it to, wants it to be. On him, he wants the call, the game to be in his hands, and he wants to be the the you know, yeah, emphasizing the calls, emphasizing the blocks right, and but, stuff like but, that. But on, in his defense, the game moves so fast that it's hard that you know these guys are going to make mistakes. That that's what referees, not you know, yeah. The, 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 the thing about refereeing is if you did a, if you do a great job, you go unnoticed. It's a thankless job. If you do a great job, you go unnoticed. The only time people are talking about it is you do a bad job. And that's why I see. That's why I don't like the officials that that get in the way. That you, I shouldn't have to know your name. You are doing a great job if I don't know your name. Right, I know right, Joey right. Crawford's name, right? So now, I don't think he's doing a great job. Now, Carl, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Voorhees. Are you calling from Voorhees? Okay, well, that's local. Where I, I grew up in Voorhees. There you go, Voorhees caller. So how do? What do you think about uh, Joey Crawford this uh, postseason? Uh, I think we need to replace him with Riley. Riley, uh, Riley... Riley, my daughter? Mike's daughter? <laughs> nah, no, Violet. Violet Palmer. Oh, Violet Palmer. Oh, the, the female, Violet. Violet Palmer, yeah. Vi- um, <laughs> yeah. She's awful, by the way. She's horrible. She is awful. I mean, there, there's a reason you don't see her, because she is awful. She, she hates in, the Sixers, too. She should be in the WNBA. Being the why? There, no, refing the WNBA. Oh yeah. There, there's no reason a woman ref should be refing a man's game. There's just no reason. Yeah, and I, I see. I agree with that. There's no reason. I, there's a WNBA. Yeah. There's no reason Brittany Griner should ever want to try out for the NBA. Like you're, it's a WNBA. It, there's a reason that men were the hunters and gatherers. There's a reason for that. Thank you very much for your call. There's, it's, it's not. Uh, it's not a, it's not like evolution came through and and women were originally the the, the providers and everything like that. It's like men were the oh, hunters and gatherers, yeah. and it's like I understand and it's I'm not even talking about women's rights because I I think women should have every every right to do whatever they want to do. It's it's can, the can, fact that can women vote yet? <laughs> not in my house. <laughs> Mine either. Uh, 
Rachel and I still vote in this house. I'll be, <laughs> that's for sure. But um, no, I mean, like the whole Michelle Wee wanting to play pro golf, like on the PGA tour. Like, yeah. There's just, a, the, the, but there's an LPGA tour. Yeah. You know, like you don't see Tiger going. You know what? Let me go see if I can dominate the women's tour. Yeah, the, and that's the thing. Cause I mean, like, it's just they're, they're, and look, I'm not trying to be sexist, but there's there's a WNBA for women. Mm-hmm. There's an NBA for men. There's an LPGA. There's a women's tennis tour. There's a men's tennis. Like you don't see Federer going. Ah, you know what? Yeah, I think I want to play Martina Hingis tonight. Because I gladly would take a WMEA contract right now and play in the WMEA, but I can't because I'm a man. So why? Someone question that. <laughs> okay, not right now, but a few years ago, <laughs> I might have been a good role player for them. But you know, that's the right, thing. Like right. I can't. There, I can't do that. But why not? Brittany, Brittany Griner is. Yeah, Brittany Griner can, can. Oh my God, that's horrible. See, I saw there, there's a. Uh, a little thirty for thirty little thing about Brittany Griner. Uh, I I I see. I emphasize with Brit Brittany Griner. I can I, I not emphasize sim, uh, sympathize sympathize with Brittany. Emphasize. I emphasize yes. Brittany Griner. Uh, I sympathize with Brittany Griner because you know she, what she was talking about, and she's like ostracized, and I uh, it's like not her fault. She's born. She's tall. She kind of looks you know mannish. And she sounds like a woman. She has, she has going for her. That's she has nice. a deep voice. But then you look at, uh, you know, you look at how horrible that that life must have been go- growing up, and how much she got teased, and how how people, you know, it influences in her entire life. And granted, she's a great pl- player right now, but her struggles in life made her that. But well, it's it's not it's not it, fair. And I say this mainly because I'm looking at right. I'm looking at you know my daughter right now, who's eight months old. I'm six ten. Your, your daughter's taller than my daughter. Yeah, like my wife's gonna be five seven, or my wife's five seven. Our daughter's She's gonna be your wife. Sarah's not that growing yet. <laughs> um, so my my daughter most likely is gonna be a tall girl, and it's gonna piss me off when people like tease her about her height, because it's like you know you you get the 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 tall but, girls yeah, are yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. a man, you're a yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, it's but, like, but I don't think she's gonna be six nine. No, she's not gonna be six nine. And I understand she's not gonna be Brittany Griner who's six seven. Or, how she's, tall is she? I thought she was six eight ish. Maybe she is. I don't know. But like, yeah, she'll she'll be tall. But I I, em, I emphasize. See, God, see, what do I see? Doing every, everybody wants to be like everyone looks at you, Kevin, and goes, "Man, I wish I was six ten. And believe me, there are days I wish I was six ten. But how do you feel in a movie theater? I, how do you feel on a plane? Yeah, like, that's like, true. Like, 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 you have to duck. The, and it's just things like, I'm not saying it's bad to be 6'1". You know, being 6'10 is making you yeah. a lot of money playing basketball. But you have to duck under every doorway. Doorways are 6'8". Every exactly. doorway you go through, you have to duck uh-huh. under. And it's, uh, it's and people are just, people are still ask me, like, do you have to duck under doorways? It's yeah, like, they're still 6'8". Yeah. Doorways are standard 6'8". So until they change until, that, yeah. you're going to be ducking I'm under. I'm 6'10". I'm 6'10". Like math teachers coming up. Like, do you have to duck under doorways? No. Like, no. no. I, I clear go it. it. Yeah, I clear it. Um, Dummies. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I wish there was believe me, there was days I wish I was six ten. Um, there's days I wish I was six foot. Um, but you know, I mean, that's just. Uh, I wish I was five eight. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, but everyone says, taking... you know, everyone says, yeah, it's great to be tall, but like just the little things, like, uh, I mean, you know, little things like like getting a bed. Like, how like, do you have to buy an extra? Do you have to buy a special bed? I mean. My yeah, feet almost California, hang. California King. Yeah, I mean my feet, my feet almost hang off of my bed. You know, and <laughs> you do have some big, you do have some big hooves. Well, my feet are, yeah, my feet are big, but uh, <laughs> it's nothing to do with my. 
I've done my legs. <laughs> we got another call on the line. Oh, God. Call her. You're in the matchup zone. Hello? Hey, Hello. how are you? Hey. Um, hey. I just think what you guys have been saying is, like, you're not being fair to both sexes. Why? Because it's not about what's on the outside of your body. It's about what's on the inside. It's about the heart. If you have the skills, you should make it. Yeah, but I, let me ask you, what's your name? Alex. It's Alex. Alex. Alec, how are you? So, Alec, let me ask you this. So, there, we're talking Brittany Griner is able to try out for the NBA. Excuse Luke me? Walton, Luke Wal- Brittany Griner is is literally is eligible to try out for the to play for, play in the NBA. Luke Walton yes, is not is not eligible to play in the WNBA. So, we're talking about. Everything's equal equality. Well, why is that? Why should that be the case then? If, the, if I'm you're going to open one, so if you're going to open one league I'm, up, then so what? So you're saying that? No, I think just, I think I think they both should be open up. I don't bro, think it bro, should bro, be bro. based on gender. I think it should be based on skills. So you think there should be just like a, a, a yeah, one, but, but, the but, NBA but, but, but and then, and then the like out. a minor league NBA and girls can play in that. But here, here's the thing. I'll yeah. let me jump in. Real, uh, let me let me jump in here real quick, Kev. Here's the thing, okay. like when it, especially and now, now golf and tennis may be different, but a, a sport like basketball, I mean, obviously a lot of women don't play football, but basketball, I mean, Brittany Griner, if she was going to go up, I mean, Tiago Splitter would kill Brittany Griner in the post. I mean, the, women just aren't physical enough. They're not strong enough. They don't jump as high. They don't run as fast. And that's not being sexist. That's just, they're just the facts. That women, the women's bodies just don't move or jump or run as fast as guys. They're not as strong. I mean, how how can a woman... I mean, what? I just but, don't but what think. What if there was? Hypothetically, what if the woman was? Are you, are you I, saying I, that she should not be allowed to play? No, I think no, if, not, Brittany, if Brittany Griner is capable of playing in the NBA, that would be well, unbelievable. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think she is. If a, if a woman is. came along that was able to, yes. I'd love to say it. I would. It would be awesome. I would. I would. Because I would be on the front line. I think we're on the same page here, boys. But the the fact is, the 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 fact that they're that. Luke Walton's not able to play in the WNBA, but Brittany Griner is. That that creates an issue because we're talking about gender equality, and exactly. that's why we're. You can't be gender. You can't be equally fair to the genders if yeah, you yeah. are not. But, right, but Michelle Michelle Wee wanted to play on the. She didn't. She play on the PGA Tour once. She played yeah. in a, a PGA but, Tour event. Now, Tiger would never say it would be frowned upon if Tiger exactly. said. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go play in the uh, shop women's shoprite classic on uh, the, this, you know, this weekend. I, I just exactly, don't but think. Then, but then, why are we, why are we separating it based on gender? Why not skill? Because right now, there's no woman that's skilled enough to, to play, play in, the, in, in a well, men's league. Well, put, on the, put it this way: women don't hit the ball as far. I mean, women can't hit the ball as far as a man can. No, I, I they mean, can. She can hit it farther than me, but. Well, I said men. Oh, I said yeah. farther than men. Well played. Um, thank you. Uh, no, it's a, it's a good call. We we appreciate your call, um, but you know okay, I guess thank we'll, you. all right. Thanks, Al. Uh, call back in, buddy. I give you something to think about. Have a good Thanks, night. buddy. Thanks, Al. You too. All right. Good call. I mean, you know he. No, he's right. We, I mean, we were kind of on both on the. We we're all on the same page, but you know he's right. And you know when a woman comes along that's capable of doing what a man is capable of doing, that would be great. And I think there there things should open up. For that, but I just wait, don't wait, see wait, it. Just, it's like, not, I don't like, think it's like ever going like to happen. A, women, a, a woman just—I don't think would ever be able to throw a baseball no. ninety-five miles per hour. 
they're just not as strong. And it's not a knock on women. It's just the way. It's just the way of the, of the world. I mean, and here's, women aren't as strong and, as men. And here's the thing. You know, there's going to be human beings evolve. Human beings will continue to evolve. No one could jump like LeBron a hundred right. years ago. No right. one could do what he could do a hundred years from now. You're going to have right, but but here's the thing: but men, but men are going to keep exactly. evolving, and women are going to evolve, which exactly. means men are going to be on top. Still, exactly. I mean, you know, if we evolve from this point, uh huh, man is always going to be stronger. And that's the thing: like you're, you're always going to there, there's never going to be a woman who's going to be capable because there could be someone who's ten times more athletic than Brittany Griner at seven foot, uh, dunking the ball, doing three sixties, putting the ball between her legs, but. There's going to be a guy then who's who's jumping over the backboard and dunking. Like it's just it's there's 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 always evolution is going to happen for both genders. It's not going to happen just for one. Look, I mean, I mean, Rachel, Rachel can sew a knit. She can sew and knit a hat in 20 minutes. I mean, I can't. I mean, there's just some things that men do better, and some things that women do better. <laughs> Any women? When I cook, here's here's the funny thing. When I cook, like I don't know how women do it, especially especially on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I can barely time out bacon and eggs to come out at the same time. I mean, how can you cook something all day and then have it all come together and have it all ready at the same time? It's, and it's, it's pretty. It's pretty it's impressive. Planning, it's preparation. It, it, it I is think that's preparation. What... But me, I'm going okay. I'd be a nervous like, Okay, I put the turkey now. Well, the mashed potatoes. How long did they take? All right, well, the sweet potato. Right, the corn's over here. I got to get this ready. Get this out. And, but Rachel does all. She just goes. Bah, 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 done. Yeah, but if yesterday it, she was chopping salsa. She was making the salsa uh, watermelon with it's like onion, jalapenos, watermelon, mango. The salsa. She's not here just all night. Just here. And the, but then, know, she's chopping away. It would take me. It would take me three days to make that. Yeah, but I think that you know the planning, the preparation, and and I think that also when you look at how stressed some of. Some of the I mean, you look at a, a woman on Thanksgiving; they'll pretend like they're not stressed. Oh, they Deep are. down, they're stressed. Yeah. It's all it's all an act. They're Here's just trying question. to hide it. Here's my next question: Why, when I load the dishwasher, I can fit four things in there? When Rachel loads it, she can fit three hundred and three things. You know what's funny? Because this is another guy thing that. No, I don't. I don't purposely do it wrong. No, I thought you were going to say you purposely no, do it wrong. Oh, I, I do that all the time. There's I did that I, once at the store, and I'm never allowed to go shopping again. There's like so many things I've done purposely wrong. She has no idea. She'll, she'll, she she does now. No, she still doesn't know she what doesn't. it is. She'll oh, be okay. like, she'll be like, what, what are you, what were you talking right. about? And all night it's gonna be like, like, what, what were you what, talking about? Rachel sent me to Wegmans one day, and she goes, she gives me a list. Okay, she gives me a list, and now this is before Riley. It's just her and I, and not that Riley eats a lot anyway. <laughs> it's her and I, and I think I, I spent close to like three hundred hours. And she goes, "Are you kidding?" She goes, "It's just two of us, blah blah." She goes, I got, like, the most expensive meat. But, like, I said, you have to specify. Like, I don't know. Like, she says, get this. And I just go, I goes, you know, if she sends me, you know, get uh, salmon or fillets. Like, I don't know to get cheap. I just go, yeah, give me two fillets or whatever it is. And I don't know how much things are. And I just, I get to the register, and I thought that was a normal. And she was right. She flipped out when I got home. You know what's funny? Because we both do this, and I've seen us both do it. I, I do it every single time I go grocery shopping. It's, I don't know if, why it's such a guy thing. But when you walk out of the car, you are trying to Gary. Every, it's like, what, God forbid, I, I have to take a second trip. I don't want trip. two trips. I don't want a two trips. I, I had, I had, and it's hard because you, have, you always had like the orange juice in the bag on the yeah. pinky, and it's like breaking <laughs> your pinky. Yeah. So, Kev, the last time, one of the times I was in Wegmans, I stalked Charlie Manuel for about twenty minutes. You've had a lot of, you've had a lot of weird, like awkward interactions yeah, with Philly players. I had an awkward interaction with Charlie Manuel. Um, it was the year we we got Cliff. It was like right like a week after we got Cliff Lee. Uh huh. And I see him in Wegmans, and I'm tailing him. 
He doesn't know, but I'm following him around. I'm at the frozen food section. I'm, I'm kind of I'm sure he knew. You think he knew? Yeah. I'm kind of, so now I'm following him. I'm following him over to the deli counter, and I'm just kind of behind him, watching his. Inter- I'm watching him. He's with the, you know, his, his lady friend or whatever, whoever it is. They're like, they're like, yeah, God, they're do, you need, do you need anything from the deli? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so he turns around to me, and we kind of make eye contact, and I didn't know what to say, and I kind of look at him and I go, and I kind of felt like him, like, uh, well, you know, like, uh, you know, like, and I look at him and I go, now there's a million things I could have said. Charlie, great season. Hey, Cliff Lee, blah, blah, blah. I go, hey, Charlie, you look good. You lost a lot of weight. That's what I said to Charlie Manuel when I saw him. And he just kind of said, oh, well, thank you, and, like, walked away. And I'm going, and then he left, and I go, what did I just do? I can't, and I, and I wanted to, the things I wanted to, and I wanted to go back and redeem myself, but I'm like, now I just look like I'm a stalker if I go back and say something to him. <laughs> yeah, that's no good. Yeah. Well, that's what you, when you, when, when. When uh, Brad, when you saw Brad Lidge, uh, I think that was, was uh, I think that was a much better interaction yeah. because you were able to shoot by him real quick. I yeah, I saw Brad Lidge and Hanfield, and uh, their Phillies were playing the Marlins that night. <clears throat> and I see him walking in Hanfield with his wife and his kid, and and this is so not like me, but for some reason I felt compelled at this minute to do this. I rolled down my window. I'm in a light, and I go, "Good luck tonight, Bradley." And he looked at me. And the light turned green. I just sped off. Like I kind of got nervous, but yeah. I mean, I've had. I don't know. I get like kind of weird with that kind of stuff. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Of course, I don't know what's going on right there in my ear. I don't know. See, and and honestly, we'll joke around. We've joked around before and blamed weather. I think this is the actual, actually, a time where you can really legitimately blame weather because we're having a monsoon currently in South Jersey. Uh, we have, yeah, it's, it's not pretty. We had rain all day. It's flooding everywhere. Trees are down. There's a tornado Kev, watch. Kev, actually, 10, 10 Kev actually took a canoe to, this, to the studio today. Honestly, I was driving. I mean, Mike and I don't live uh, that far away from the studio. And uh, I was driving in, and the one road, it was, it was the actual creek was overflowing. And, like, you could see, it's like, you know how the water kind of pulsates? You could see it pulsating right. into the road. I was just like, this is not good. But it's kind of stopped, but it's been raining all day. It's still good? Yeah, I think we're okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like to hook that. Am I hooking that? Is that what it is? Like, yeah, I think so. Okay, there we go. No. No. Is that any better? Yeah, that's good. Okay, so last night, Kevin, you know, it's raining hard, and for some reason, I always wait until it rains, like, really hard to go out and chuck my, check my gutters. I'm always out there in the pouring rain with, like, Clever. my rain jacket on, like an umbrella, like Rachel holding the the, the uh, ladder, and then I'll find it, like, necessary to check the gutters. Door. Like, God forbid I, like, look at the weather, and they say it's going to rain, and I check the gutters, like, beforehand. It's always I'm I'm doing I'm cleaning out the gutters in the middle of the storm. That's like I mean I've done well, we we had the hurricane I no when was it? hurricane Irene no hurricane Irene the one like two years ago. Uh, my wife and I, you know, we moved into our house five years ago. We uh, you know we were always in the basement, but we just never really you, you never had a storm or a hurricane come through that dropped that much firepower on us. So. You're kind of uh, you're kind of learned different things, and we've been there for like what was it three years at that time, and the rain started, and 
Sarah and I are sitting there, and we look like our, you can see through into our basement, and you can see into our laundry room. And I just saw water starting to, starting to pool, and just flow into our door, like through our, the cracks in our door and into our laundry room. So I ran out. I looked, and there was like a well that was overflowing. Uh, everything was overflowing. We had to go fix it. And the entire night during that hurricane, we were both outside uh, the entire time pulling water from the from oh, the well. I remember that. I remember that. Pulling it into from the well into the street. It was it was ridiculous. It was not. Yeah, I, I remember that. Uh, I actually remember you doing that. That wasn't good times. No, it was not good times. For the Owens family. No. Um. All right, so the call-in number again tonight, one three four seven two one five eight one two six. Check us out on Facebook, uh, The Match Up Zone, and um, on Twitter, The Match underscore Up Zone, and our new website, TheMatchUpZone.com. So we lot on the table tonight. We've talked a little bit about the NBA Finals. We talked a little bit about <clears throat> a little bit about uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, a little bit, a lot about nothing. Um, but we, you know, um, still have some more on the table. We're going to talk a little bit about high school basket, a little high school South Jersey basketball tonight with some uh, developing stuff going on. And you know, table though, Kev. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Just kind of looking at ESPN. I mean, uh, Jason Kidd retires one day and then trying to get a head coaching job the next. How about that? You that's a, that's a ambition. Either that's ambition or or just stupidity. Yeah. But would you hire if you're a general manager, Kev? Let me let me put your general manager hat on. It's on. Put uh, put your grandfather's hat on for a second here. You got it. Would you hire a guy with no coaching experience no, whatsoever? Not even remotely. No, I don't think I would either. I mean, Jason Kidd or not, I mean, I, and everyone said, "Oh, he's a point guard. He was a coach on the court." I mean, it's a totally different thing. I mean, I I, I just I'd be skeptical of doing that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you need coaching experience, especially in the NBA. I mean, Just and especially to be a head coach. Like, are you right, kidding me? Right. I can, and there's a lot of really great NBA players that started their coaching career as, you know, video guys as uh, assistants. Assistant. Go from a player. I don't care if you're a Hall of Famer. A player to a coach that quickly. Is very ambitious. It's almost pompous. It's okay, well, presumptuous. Well, okay, well, what about what about Bill Russell being a player coach and Pete Rose being a player coach? Now, player coaches, I don't think it's gonna. It would fly this these days. No. And you know what? I played in Australia in the uh, Australian NBL, and uh, there's a guy named Shane Heal. He played a little in the NBA here. Uh, <clears throat> he became a player coach. He was kind of towards the end of his career. And he took they, there's a new uh, expansion team that just formed, and he took over that expansion team, the South Dragons, and he became the player coach. So he still played, and he coached. And it was, I mean, I I know a few guys who after I talked to after that season, the next season, who were telling me that it was a nightmare, that they were, that it was not a good experience. That you know, I just don't think player coaches are things that can still work. I don't think it would still work. And, you know, unless you have a guy like Michael Jordan or LeBron, but even still, like, there's going to be jealousy. There's going to be guys that are going to be like, well, I need the ball in my hands, 
and coach is running plays for himself. It's like there's always going to be jealousy. No, there's no way a coach will ever appease every well, single person. I, it has team. to be a guy like a Juwan Howard or something. And when Pete, when Pete was coaching the Reds in eighty, I think it was eighty nine, he was well at the end of his career, and I don't think he was playing much back then. Um, Roulette. Yeah, he was, you know, over four thousand hits. <laughs> and, that, and that was just one night of blackjack. Um, but uh, how many Pete Rose jokes do you think you have? It's seven or eight. I mean, I have them in the arsenal. <laughs> at least seven or eight. Seven or eight. Yeah, I mean, just I have a lot of jokes about a lot of things, like, but nothing new. I just keep funneling them to different people, oh, different okay. audiences. Like, I only have seven jokes. You really do only have, I have seven, seven jokes. but I just tell them to different people, so it and sounds it, like I have a lot. And it's funny, because, you know, the people who really know you, like, they're just really like, and you'll tell it, and yeah. people are like, uh, yeah, like I mean, I've heard that one before. Yeah, I mean, the Pete Rose, when I, you know, I got the autograph uh, picture, and my buddy said I can hang in anywhere I want in the house except for the hall. Um, you know, I mean, just, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, those classics. But, uh, classics like this. Pete Rose, man. Make a CD. How about Pete Rose's haircut these days, though? I mean, yeah. if anything's How keeping him out, haircut if, anything's, ever? if anything's keeping him out of the Hall of Fame, try the haircut. Pete Rose never he he has never had a good haircut. My Palmyra Tom and I were talking about this yesterday. Was Pete Rose ever the best player on his team? Like, and I and here did he play with Joe Morgan? Well, he played with Joe Morgan, Johnny Bench, Tony Perez. I mean, he, Morgan was pro, Morgan and Bench. I think were yeah considered. I mean, you can't say the Hall of Famers because Pete should be just yeah. Not, uh, but on the Phillies, obviously, Schmidt was the best player. Um, but I think that I think the reason Pete doesn't get the credit he gets in terms of being a great player is he didn't have a position. Yeah. Like I remember, like probably you, you know, you were young, but I remember him as a first baseman. But Pete played a lot of third base. Yeah. He played. Uh, he played a lot of like left field. I think he. Well, he, he was first base second, for the Phillies. He was first base for the Phillies, but he played a lot of he played a lot of third base. Uh, he played left field. I think he played a little bit of right field, and I think he played a little second base. So he didn't really have, like, like when you think of Cal Ripken. He was a utility guy. Right. Like, you think of Willie Mays, you think center field. You think of Schmidt, third base. Third base. When you think of Pete Rose, you think gambling. Bad haircuts. Men bad haircuts. Uh, but, yeah, Pete, I mean, Pete was never the best player on his own team. But still should. Schmitty. Oh, Schmitty, yeah. But yeah. Pete, and my, I mean, it's got yes, to be, he needs to be. I think he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. The yeah, argument, it's, but it's gonna, been long enough. They're going to let him in when he dies, which yeah. is the shame of it. Which, uh, I mean, it sucks. It's, it's kind of just saying, you know what, Pete? We just didn't want to want you to live. We didn't want you to We didn't want you to bask in the glory. Exactly. But we'll let you in when you die. Uh-huh. Like, you're, yeah. You you're, know, it's it's got to be killing baseball that the all-time hit king is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I just think, and, you know, with people doing some of the things that are going on, I mean, we've talked countless times about steroids. and Although that is the number one. You go in every clubhouse, no betting on, you know, you can't bet. That, that's the but one. Like, there are people, there, so you're allowed to cheat, but you're not allowed to bet on sports. Right. And I understand betting on your own team, but still, you're allowed managing. Yeah, but betting on your own team, you know, you could also say, yeah, we're going to lose tonight. You know, this guy's arm's a little tired. Let's, let's go back to Tom Browning for a fourth consecutive night. Yeah, but what happens if okay, so yeah, but it's it's like what happens if suddenly you have a guy who uh is on a hit streak and he's just like what is he he's going to bench him? I mean, like there's guys that are, it, the play it's not like the coach coach can control a lot, but he can't control. I mean, look at Charlie Manuel. How many mistakes has he made and the Phillies still won. So, it's like coaches can can pretty much screw up a game completely 
however, still have the ability to win the game based on talent. So I think betting on baseball compared to steroids and compared to cheating and compared to Barry well, Bonds. Well, and, let, me, uh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Who affected more games, Pete Rose or Barry Bonds? Barry Bonds. Without a question. Without a doubt. Okay. You know, so, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, although Barry Bonds affected more games, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire affected more games than Pete Rose, the number one rule on everything, you know, you can't bet on baseball. That's, you know, there's no rule, there's no, there's no signs in the locker room, no steroids. But there's, that's the, th- that's the I'm not, thing. I'm not saying how does, like, that's like saying what's the difference, uh, cheating on a math test or cheating on a Spanish test. What's, which holds more weight? Yeah. More water. I mean, but uh, one you're cheating, I mean, you're che- the one you're cheating yourself and you're making yourself money. The other, you are cheating the game. Baseball, steroids cheated the game. In general, the steroids cheated baseball. They well, stole the home run record from us. You could also say Pete stole, Pete cheated the game too. How? Because he was making money for himself. It's no, not like no, he was stealing not, money from not, Major not League making, Baseball. He's not making money for himself. He can, I mean, you know, he always says he bet on the, like, you know, he could bet against the Reds too. Uh huh. Now, what if you say, you know what? It's a tie. You know, we're it's a tie game here. I'm going to go to this guy. His arm might be a little tired from that. There's mm-hmm. there's ways to make your team and lose. Yeah, so, I mean, ask Charlie Manuel. And yes, there are ways to make your team lose. And uh, you know, you can as a manager, you can do those. You know, things. I'm not going to make a double switch here. Um, you know, I'm not going to put a hit and run on here. Yeah, there's but is that is that do. really cheating baseball, or is it cheating? You know, like well, you're like a the fans. Yeah, but think about 1989 Reds. Like they were not exactly. It's not. They were. They were. Oh, actually, well, they won the World Series. They won the World Series in '90, so they were getting there. Yeah. But oh, but wait, but wait, why now? Red October. Now, you know what's his name was the coach. Uh, Lou Pinnell Lou was Pinnell, the coach. Yeah. So I guess Rose got fired and Lou Pinnell or Rose quit or whatever, and Lou Pinnell took over. That's and won. not a bad backup right there. Lou Pinnell, yeah. That's a. That's the thing. I mean, that pitching staff. They had Rob Dibble and yeah. Tom Browning. Chris Sabo was the third baseman. They Rex had uh, Bex. Rex Bex, yeah, they had a pretty good team. Yeah, they did. Was Eric Davis on that team? I think Eric Davis was on that team. It was around, yeah, I think he was in the early nineties because I was definitely that, he was like an all star. I think in ninety one like, was he? Yeah, yeah. I just Paul O'Neill that maybe was Paul, on that team. Maybe as a rookie before he went the to young, the Yankees. Young Paul O'Neill. Yeah, that is a good team, and you know you, you you talk about that, but again, you're 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 okay, so. You're messing with one city, and I understand that the consequences. There's going to be a game here or there that they that someone plays the Reds and Pete Rose betted on the game, and you lost the game, and this, that, and the other. And it, but the home run record, like some of these sacred records, 61 home runs by Roger Maris, uh, completely shattered and and obliterated or obliterated, and almost like it's embarrassing to see how. To see seventy home runs now, and to have all these asterisks because it was—you know—it wasn't—it wasn't real. You know, it's all—it's all make believe. Right. It's funny. I just googled uh, the nineteen ninety Reds roster. I mean, how do we forget Barry Larkin for one? Yeah, Barry Larkin. Ken Griffey was on the team, senior. Oh uh, yeah. Um, that was before he went to Seattle. Do you remember? Son. Do you remember Ron Oster? You probably don't. I do not. Yeah, the, the Ron Oster. Eric Davis, Billy Hatcher, Paul O'Neill, Herm Winningham. Let me see who a couple of the pitchers were on this team. Oh, Norm Charlton, Rob Ooh. Dibble, Tom Browning, uh, Randy Myers. I was, 
I was about to say yep. their, their closer. Randy they had, Myers. A, they had like this, the yep. fast, fast thrown yep. Randy Myers yep. closing it out. Jose Rio, <clears throat> Danny yeah. Jackson. Yeah. They definitely did have a good team. But I just think cheating, cheating bas- or baseball in general, cheating record books, cheating history is worse than cheating a few games. And I just don't think I don't I don't think the the consequences I don't think the the punishment fits the crime. I think you know obviously it was a big thing. You're banned from baseball forever. It's okay. We get it. It was it was a big thing. So why not ban Barry Barry Bonds forever? Why not ban Mark McGuire? Why not ban Ryan Braun? Why not ban like some of these guys who are Alex Rodriguez? Like when does it stop? Like when it it just keeps on going. So if you're going to – we talked about in the clubhouse it says don't bet on baseball. They did that because they're trying to send a message. Do not bet on baseball or you will be banned from the sport. Why is that not giving the same respect to steroids? Why isn't it saying like if you take steroids, you will be banned for life from baseball. You'll never get in the Hall of Fame. You will never, ever step foot in a baseball stadium anything like that, and you'll be selling autographs out of some shanty place in Las Vegas or Atlantic City. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> With a bad haircut. <laughs> Pete, man, you're right, man. Pete will do anything for money. He will do anything. But, um, I mean, cause this, is, this is a topic you can talk about for hours. I mean, I'm of the belief that let everybody in the Hall of Fame and let history be the judge. Like, don't don't put on certain separate wings. Don't do anything like that. Just let everybody in. And then as you're walking by, you go, oh, you know what? That guy had, you know, there's Sammy Sosa had 609 home runs, but that guy did steroids. Um, you know, so they might not be uh, legitimate. Yeah but, yeah, but think about in 50 years from now, are are people going to know that that Barry Bonds did steroids, or they're just going to see him with his pose in his Giants uniform hitting a hitting his what, seventieth home run? It's like, what are they gonna What are they gonna know? What are they gonna know about the steroid era? I think it needs to be brought out there and, and made a point of. I think that's why that's the whole that's the whole issue right now is that steroids and they're talking about banning some of these guys uh, for I don't know for life, but definitely talking about banning some of these guys who were busted for doing steroids even now. Yeah, I mean, Bron. I, Kev, I swear to God, I hope the Yankees can somehow get out of paying a round a hundred million dollars. That would be so. That would be that would be so sweet if they can get out of paying him that money. Yeah, I mean, I hope he, I hope they have to pay him, and then he somehow has to pay someone else, so that he, way they everyone loses just a up there. Cheater, a no good. A Rod is a no good dude. Yeah, he's just not like a. He's a- bad news. He really is. I mean, you know what? And honestly, these guys just kill like. Here's a rod chance to go down as one of the best players of all time. These guys just shoot themselves in the foot. It's like, but that's what we talked about. Like, when is enough enough? Like, when it you're you're well, a very good well, baseball player. You know, you know player. why Bond started doing steroids because he was mad that in um in 2000 uh, or 1998, McGuire and Sosa were having the home run derby, uh-huh. the home run you know um, chase, and he didn't like all the. Uh, you know, adulation these guys were getting, and he said, "You know what? I want a piece of this pie," and he started doing steroids. So, I mean, Brady Anderson's the big one. 
Yeah. Remember Brady Anderson had 12 home uh-huh. runs, and next year at 51, and I think the next year yeah, he went back to like 12 or 13 again. I mean, he was like the classic. Uh-huh. He was the first one that really, yeah. like, whoa, what's going on here? Side here's this, Yeah, here's this Punch and Judy center fielder hitter that uh, went on and hit 51 home runs, you know, for the Orioles back in, uh, you know, the, the 90s. So, you know, Kev, there's still, cheating's going to go on. There's still guys cheating now. Uh-huh. Um, it's never going to stop. I mean, you're always going to find a way. Because they talked about, Schmidt and, and stuff talked about how, you know, they didn't, although they weren't on steroids, there was always something that, that gave them a kick. There was like, there's... Oh, the amphetamine. Amphetamine, you know, yeah. The something speed, that gives you, know, you, keeps you, up. you up. Yeah. The, um, in fact, Kev, I was talking to somebody pretty close to the situation with the Bosch thing, the PEDs down in, uh, down in Miami. Um, there are going to be a couple of basketball players linked to that. Good. Um, so I think basketball is the next sport to fall. And I think that's, I think basketball is where... I think it's very useful. Jump higher, run faster, oh, dunk stronger, harder, yeah, stronger, stronger, bigger. bigger. I mean, there's, I, I think people, I think people are looking at LeBron and going, "Man, look at him! You know, this is the wave of the future." Yeah. Well, let me get a piece of this. Exactly. Uh, there's there's guys that I I know guys who in the D League who did steroids. Uh, I mean, everyone wants that edge. Everyone's trying to get to that level. It's 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 it is what it is. But I mean. The NBA, I feel like you're gonna you're gonna find some guys, and there's there's some guys out there uh, that are just big, strong, and that's how they make their their check. Right. They, they, it's being the strongest, biggest, meanest well, guy well, in the court. Well, let's go. Let's say the Phillies. You know, going back to the Phillies, and the early part of the decade. Let, let's say, let's say Kevin Stocker and Juan Bell are fighting for the shortstop position, and let's say let's say for instance Juan Bell wins the spot. Mm-hmm. And he's hit. He you know he hits thirty, thirty-five home runs hypothetically, and he's doing steroids. And Stocker knows this. And Stocker's not doing steroids. Doesn't Kevin Stocker kind of look at him and go, kind of look at himself and go, you know what? This guy's making millions. I'm making three hundred thousand dollars. He's doing steroids. Why aren't I? Well, that's what happened with Lance Armstrong. Those guys are watching Lance Armstrong go out and dominate the sport, knowing that he's on steroids, and they're watching him and going. He's made, he's he's Livestrong. He's got his yeah. own bike line. He's got Nike advertisements. Everyone's wearing yellow because of him. And where's my where's my cut of the action? Right. I'm watching this guy cheat. So that's why all those guys came became you know, informants on him. You can say whatever you want about Lance Armstrong, though. But you'll never be able to take the fact away that he walked on the he's the first man to walk on the moon. You'll never take that away from him. See, just the, again. Like Mike said earlier, he has seven jokes and he just rotates them. <laughs> That's it. I think um, that one. That I think we reached. I think we 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 got the seventh one earlier. Cause that, that one. That one. That one that came eight? back. No, that one came. That was number one. That was one. Yeah, that one came back at you. Um, no, but yeah, Lance Armstrong. I mean, God, didn't they have enough? I mean, you know, Cheryl Crow. Doing, and you know what? You know, I mean, and, I'm, and and here's the funny part, Kevin. Not to cut you off. Here's the funny part about this whole story thing with Lance Armstrong. Uh huh. He's winning the Tour de France, which is physically it's impossible on your body. He's winning every year, and he's not doing steroids. Everybody else is known doing steroids. Yeah. Yet Lance Armstrong's beating everyone doing it clean. Uh huh. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. What a joke that is. And here's why I don't stop. And and with baseball, and I understand like they say a lot of people are doing steroids, but so I, I you know I, you get that, and that's why Sammy Sosa and all those guys were hitting a ton of home runs, and Brady Anderson's hitting 51 home runs. My thing is with Lance Armstrong, I I think that a lot of people were doing 
steroids. I think a lot of riders. I mean, you they look, all were. They all were. Yeah, they, look, they all came out. They were documented. They, yeah. Every one of them did. Every one of them did steroids. You look at the at the list of past Tour de France winners. It's all they've all done steroids. They all, the rain. There's always been someone, even if it, if they weren't caught, it's like a, a possibility of doing steroids. There's like there was a there was some kind of mix up or. See, the, the, but my my thing with Lance Armstrong is this: he is he is a. You know, say what you want about him. The guy was dying. He had like a zero percent or very little percent chance that he was going to live. That's when they say he got started with the steroids. I mean, he was he was a good, very good rider. He started with the steroids and it like to kind of boost his immunity to get him out of the cancer and to get him living. And he kind of kept going with it and, you know, took off and tried to be the try to be the best rider ever, which he did. I just think his fight and all the all the stuff that they're taking all the live strong stuff, the live strong organization is closing. I don't give a crap what he did with steroids. His fight to live and to inspire people who are dying of cancer needs to be put out there. Like it, you can't... it, it does, Kev. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. People know that he did. Like people are less inclined to root for a guy. I'm not saying right or wrong. They're less inclined. Like, here's the thing. If Jim Eisenreich. Everybody remembers Jim Eisenreich was on the 9-3 Phillies team. He had threat syndrome. Just a great guy. Great guy. Do you think people would be more inclined to root for Jim Eisenreich to survive? I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Or uh-huh. or Lance Armstrong. I, I just think people, did, like, when, when Lance did the steroids, it just left the bad people, taste in people's mouth. Just lying to everybody. Yes, and I agree. Lying to everybody. Now, now, look. Now, look. A human life... I'm not saying that, you know, listen, the guy's dying. Oh, let him die because he did steroids. Like, a human life stole a human life. Yeah. You know, but I just think people are more inclined to root for a guy like a Jim Eisenreich rather than a guy like A-Rod. But to, do, to, to tear down the foundation, to stop Livestrong, to stop the entire organization that has done so much for cancer research and so much has, has built this huge I mean, they're 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 close to finding cures in it, and Livestrong has a lot to do with that. To shut it all down because he lied about steroids is, to me, foolish. It's stupid, and I think it's irresponsible of the people who who are there. Because I I understand people don't want to donate money anymore, but you're you're not. Do- I understand people don't like him, and they they think he's a cheater. You're not talking. I'm not asking you his opinion on his athletic career. I'm talking to you about. What he's done for cancer, what he's done in terms of getting people back, back who weren't even living, and things like that. Like that's what he's done, and I think Livestrong needs to continue to continue and build that so people are under, you know, can help towards cancer research. And I so, mean, so were they wrong for taking down the Joe Paterno statue? No, because Joe Paterno, it's I think it's I think it's different things. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about steroids as opposed to like watching someone like doing nothing while someone molested because again I talk about I'm talking about individual things versus things on a bigger level Joe Paterno individually his program well Joe Paterno is a dirt Joe Joe Paterno is a dirt ball for he he put his program ahead of kids safeties it's basically what he did but it was an it's an individual it was like it was individualized or centralized in Penn State. You know, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying Lance Armstrong deserves to die because he did steroids. 
Um, I'm just saying I think people are more inclined to root for a guy. If if Lance Armstrong never did steroids or there was no accusations of him doing steroids, Mm -hmm. the Livestrong would be huge. I mean, it would be huge. People all over the world. I mean, you know. And it was huge. It was huge. It was huge. But but that's how far the guy fell from grace because he was just he just lied. Same with Tiger Woods. Like Tiger Tiger had the world by the stones, and then this whole thing comes down two days before Thanksgiving. and his his world fell apart, you know. I mean, but I'm not talking about a tiger. I'm not talking about Nike Nike advertising or Nike no, golf no, advertising. No, I'm talking about like a, a, a for cancer for right, cancer. Right, 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 like right, right. how it's just it's foolish to me that people would stop contributing and, and being like, you know what, I'm not going to give money to Livestrong anymore because Lance Armstrong did steroids. It's like, listen, so. Go go into the into the into the chop or something like that and see these kids dying of cancer. But you're not going to give money because Lance Armstrong did steroids. Like God forbid he did steroids, but you're not going to give money to cancer research anymore just because he did steroids. Like that's so irresponsible on my thought process of me. And I'll still I'll still wear my Livestrong bracelet, and I'm not going to wear it to represent Lance Armstrong. I'm going to wear it to represent cancer research. I'm going to wear it so people keep giving to the disease that is killing our nation. I just think it's so irresponsible to put the personal, your personal opinions about a human being ahead of a disease, ahead of the, the money that can go to fund a disease. And I understand it. So I, listen, don't give if, up. Don't ever yeah, give up. If you're going to give money to Jimmy V foundation, or you're going to give money to Susan Corman foundation instead of live strong. Okay. But that's not happening. People were giving money to live strong because of cancer because they it was cancer research but they also liked Lance Armstrong so they were like you know what I I believe in cancer research I believe I've seen him fight so now they're just going to be like it's a lot of the guys are just going to be like well I'm not going to give money to cancer research anymore like screw cancer Lance Armstrong did did steroids like that to me is stupid and it's irresponsible and I think people are dumb if that's what they think you think our guest last week would give money to cancer research I don't know he was a little against giving money to some other things I don't know if he would and you know, I like I, you know, I think we had a fun a fun little debate last last week. You know, I talked to Paul, I talked to Dave. Uh, it's the definitely definitely very conflicting views. Uh, yeah, but you know what though, it's, it's still it's there was no there was no, you know, I, I don't think anything was meant. I, it was a good clean debate. And, and yeah, you know, and you I can, agree. And you can have two guys that are, you know disagree on certain things. I mean, one guy might be pro life, one guy's pro abortion. It uh-huh. doesn't mean one's right, one's wrong. It just means they both have strong opinions about that, their particular side of the stance. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with two guys kind yeah. of going at it back and forth on the on the radio or whatever. And uh, you know, you you look at Mike Missanelli, Skip Bayless won't come back on the show. Missanelli just destroyed him. Yeah. Um, Skip Bayless. Skip Hill, yeah. So um, no, but Dave and Paul, they have, you know, they they both have their own their own beliefs, and not to say one's right, one's no. wrong. Um, you know, you kind of everyone kind of picks a side and goes with that. I mean, that's why there's chocolate and vanilla ice cream. I mean, exactly, everyone have has their own. And, exactly, and people and, are entitled to their opinion. Right, and, and and that's what it is. It's an opinion. It doesn't mean you're right or wrong. It's just an opinion. Yeah. Um. So, so. You know, we can talk a little. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump in a little to. Uh, we talked a little professional NBA stuff like that. This is something we didn't bring up last last week, and it's it's an interesting story. Uh, if you're not from, if you're listening from uh, Illinois or uh, if Indiana, El, if El was listening or, if El was, Indiana. 
if whoever you're listening from, if you if you can't uh, if you don't know the characters in this story, which is taking place here in South Jersey, uh, just I just want you to envision a similar situation out there. Now, uh, we did a whole show about Camden basketball and what Camden basketball has done in terms of I mean nationally. If you don't know who Camden basketball is, I'd Google it. It's probably one of the uh, it's, it's certainly I mean, I mean, one of the top hundred. Well, they were a national. Yeah. yeah, they were number one in the nation in '86. I mean, they're a national powerhouse. Uh huh. Um, all kinds of NBA players have come out of the school, um, and, and it's really, really a national power. So, if, if you're a high school basketball fan, an avid high school basketball fan around the country, you've heard of St. Anthony, you've heard of St. Patrick, you've probably heard of Camden High, um, and that's that. You know, that's how big the program is. Uh, but I think what Kev's alluding to is longtime coach of Cherry Hill East, I believe he was there for 43 years, John Valori, was appointed the head coach of the Camden Panthers last week, I guess. And I think they had their first practice today, and Camden legends Dewan Wagner and Vic Carson were on hand. And it's going to be interesting to pl- see how this plays out. And I think a lot of people have different opinions about it. Um, coach Valori is a, bar- a very – knowledgeable coach. He's also a disciplinarian. Um, you know, I, Kev, I, I think the, I think the kids are going to buy in. I just don't know how the fans are going to buy in. I mean, this is the first white coach Camden's had since Tony Alfano in the sixties, you know, so you're talking 50 years, uh, since Camden's had a, had a, had a white coach. And, you know, you're talking about all the fans who were there, in the 80s when when John Vlory had great teams at Cherry Hill East, the Casicuses and the teams in 86, you know, the, the shame of it is John Vlory's never won a South Jersey Tundra State title, and he gets a bad rap for it, but the truth of the matter is when he had his best teams in the 80s, Camden, Camden was number one in the country. Yeah. You know, you know and Camden was one in the country, and Cherry Hill East was number two in South Jersey. Yeah. So he gets a bad, he gets a bad knock about it, but – you know he's had some great teams, and and let's be honest, Charlie's hasn't always had the most athletic teams. They haven't had the you know the most physically physically dominant teams, uh-huh. but he always got the most out of his players. I've never seen another coach in South Jersey that has a five foot six white kid starting a two card. And you're number not, two, yeah, you're top five in South yeah, Jersey. Yeah, and who knocks down you know sixty threes in a season? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Well, I think the fans, uh, you alluded to it, the the fans, that's what's good. That's where it's yeah. going to be the problem. The players, the players are going to buy in. Buy in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The players are going to buy in. They're high school kids. They, exactly. You know, they're high school kids. And, 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 you know. and when you have you have Dewan there, you have Arthur that's there. That's the key. Looking up to a guy and that's saying, you know, key. this guy knows his stuff. Listen to him. You know, it, the, yeah, yeah. If, if, if Lurie brought in a couple guys from Charlize or Cumberland. Quinny. If you brought Quinny in there. If you brought Quinny in there. You know that's no good. No, we're joking. But uh, like some transfers. But uh, but the the fact when you have Dewan Wagner mm-hmm. and and Vic Starfin on your side, yeah, that goes a long way. Well, that goes a long, long way with the fans. Yeah, and that's the thing. So you know if you're if you don't understand what we're talking about, if you're from uh outside the view the our kind of uh wheelhouse, Camden basketball is a one of the top programs. Uh, it is a predominantly African American program. Uh, and haven't had a white coach in fifty five years. years, and now you have a white coach coming in. The board actually didn't didn't allow it at first. They 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 voted against it. Uh, and he was the most qualified. Most qualified, candidate. yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, you know, Coach Flory has over five hundred and fifty wins. Yeah. You know, um, you know uh, 
a very a very good coach, disciplinarian. And a lot of people think, you know, John Vlory's coming in here, you know, the typical white coach, it's going to be slow down basketball. Uh-huh. No, he, you know, he runs run. that transition. They're going to be up and down the court shooting threes, dunking the ball. They're going to have a lot. Cameron's got a lot of fun in this system. Exactly. we got a caller in the line. Caller, you are in the matchup zone. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? We're doing well. What do you got? What do you want to talk about? You want to talk a little? Uh, you know what, I, uh, I want to switch gears here and uh, focus in more on the NBA. Let's talk about what the Sixers need to do this off season. Oof. Oh, gee. Uh, set 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 the place of fire and just start over. Here's and here's what here's what they need to do. I mean, they first first off they need to get this GM situation straightened out. They need Agreed. to. Uh, they need to. That's their first item of business. Then they need to get. Then they need to bring them. Well, you got to see. What, well, then you need. I, I think you need to bring. You need to do what you can to get that that a good coach, either a young coach, or you bring in a guy like George Carl, who probably wouldn't come here, but like, or like a big name, a George or, Carl or, or maybe like a Lionel Hollins. Exactly. Well, let, well, let me ask the let me, let, let me ask the caller something real quick. Would you bring Bynum back? Um, personally, uh, I say yes. He was a seventeen, I think seventeen and eleven in in L.A. and like, of course his knees are never going to be a hundred percent, but uh, I think you bring him back maybe a one or two year contract because I don't think anybody's going to give him a max deal. You bring him in for see, a one or two year, maybe with an option year, and then see what, see how it goes from there. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, I I think you have to because listen, you're at the bottom of the barrel now. If you get rid of him, you just get worse. I mean, I think you keep him and just hope you, you know, if he returns the form, I mean, now with Hibbert playing the way he is, now he's already yeah, you going have. down to the third best center in the league. Uh, but I, I just think you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Well, who else are you, who else are you going to get? There's guys out there that aren't as talented, don't have the upside of Bynum, that are going to require a max contract. So you're going to go out and sign some guy who's not as talented and take a big chunk of, of salary away when you can just keep it with Bynum, give him what he wants, give him his, his max contract, He's he, let him see what he can do. And I've heard the rumors of him, you know, bitching and moaning, talking about how he'll never play in this in here, but I've also heard Drew Holiday say uh, he, he was a leader. He was a guy who taught me a lot. So, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to say what they want to say. I look at the players. I take my, my – uh, my, I take what I what I know from the players. I don't take it from the media because I think the media can be irresponsible. It's the players who really control the game. They're not the ones. It's not uh, Beeline doesn't control anything in my life. Drew Holiday does. Right now, let me let me ask the caller something real quick. Now, they, yeah. um, earlier this week they've had a lot of stuff. Now you sound like you're a pretty big Sixers fan. Um, oh, yeah. Earlier the week. Earlier the week, they're saying they're doing their Sixers Mount Rushmore. Like you know, who would you have on the Sixers Mount Rushmore? Now, how how old are, how old are you? Uh, seventeen. So I don't have that many years, but uh, I yeah, think that, uh, put, uh, obviously you put you put Julius Irving on there, of course. Okay. Give me your top four. Iverson. Iverson. Top four. Irving. Iverson. Irving. Uh, hmm. Eric Snow. The, the, the Charles. Eric Snow. Yeah, Charles. You go Charles on there. You gotta Charles, go Charles. Yeah, Charles and. Uh, See, a lot of people go Wilt, but I don't think Wilt played here long. I don't think like, you consider Wilt like a sixer, really. I don't. I yeah. don't either. Well, Wilt, you go Wilt. Yeah, a lot of guys would go like. Or a lot of guys would go Moses or Andrew Tony. Uh huh. It's just good. Like yeah. we haven't had too many great, great. I mean, Doc Iverson and Barkley. Yeah. 
or obviously oh, the set three, and then anything going to the set, way And after that, you can kind of lump in anybody, uh, any anybody you want. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks for yeah, calling thanks tonight. For calling. We give appreciate call the call. Back. Give us a call back. Keep listening. I'd like to give out to a shout out to my number one uh, Sixer fan out there, Josh Brown. Go Sixer. Show you love. Thanks, man. So another, uh, you know, another another Sixers fan. See what you can do with the Sixers this year. Uh, the, like I said, they have to address that general manager. They have to figure that yeah, out first. It all starts. I mean, it all like you said, that. it all starts from the top. I mean, you have to kind of you get the you get the foundation. You uh-huh. get the general manager in there. Then you start getting. I feel like the general managers we've had here recently, and just an office, they don't have a plan. Like well, well the pro the problem was I know uh, you know you hear the stories. Doug Collins kind of ran the show, so you had Tony, you had Ed Stefanski, who was kind of answering to Doug Collins when it shouldn't be that way. And then Tony DeLeo came in; they kind of pretty much booted Stefanski out, brought Tony DeLeo in, and Tony DeLeo pretty much did whatever Collins said from is from what you hear. So it's uh, you know, it's pretty interesting to see, uh, you know. Collins isn't there anymore. You have to just completely get a guy who's not going to take any crap. He's going to be the guy that's going to be uh, the man. He's, he's not going to bow down to anyone. It's going to be his way. And then you pick the coach who's going to do the same thing, who's going to have that yep. that power, chain of command, but also demand that from your players. And that's when you're really going to – I mean, you, you look at the, the power combinations, uh, you know, well, you know, of NBA championships, you had Boston, Phil Jackson. You know, it's it's like you but, need but, that. But beyond everything, you need players. Yeah, you do need players. You know, and bottom, I would resign it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think you have to. Because there's nothing else out there. What else are you going to do with the money? You're going to waste the money on crap like you did this year with with Nick Young when you could have kept Elton Brand and had a leader at least, had someone who could have another year with Drew Holiday leading they, him, talking they have to have him. They to change the identity, identity exactly. of this team. I mean, I, that worried me the most. When I saw Nick Young, now I watched that uh, Washington Wizards team, and I played with Andre Blatch in the D-League and uh, some of these guys, and I knew how the Washington Wizards were. And it was party, 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 party. They were not focused on basketball. And you see what a difference Andre has made going to the Nets. Yeah, but... I mean, it's like you have that Washington Wizards, and then you take a guy like Nick Young. I just was so hesitant about ever getting a guy from that Wizards yeah. team. Because when, you, when you look at the Sixers team without Bynum, who really gets you excited? I mean, Drew, Drew Holiday. I like Drew Holiday. I like but, Drew Holiday a little bit, but like a guy like Thad Young to me does nothing for me. Yeah, he, I, he's a run of the mill, like just a. He's a nice player. He's a good role shoot. player. He's a good he's exactly what he's a role player. Um, but on this team, he has to be more of a focal point. And when you have role players being focal points. That's recipe for losing. Well, here's the thing: you get that you get that GM, you re-sign Bynum, you get that coach who's gonna who's gonna instill that that uh, the system and who's who's gonna give you that system. And then, right now, you're set with a point guard of the future and a center for the future. Right now, you have two of the hardest positions to get. Now you just have to fill in the gaps. Now it's either by draft, uh, pick up another free agent here or there. But you you got to hit this draft hard. You gotta you gotta figure out who you want in eleven. Do you want to take a guy like Cody Zeller? Do you want to just take the best player available at any position? I, I think you have to take the best player available. I agree, because you it, have, it, if, if you start, if you resign Bonham, you have your center. Yeah, you have to start. You have to think that you can't choose by need. That's the, how you get in trouble. That's, that's what they used trouble. to do. That's you what Billy choose, King does. You can't choose by need. You have to choose by best player available. I mean, you may need a point guard, and the best point guard might be the the you know seventieth best player in the draft. I mean, 
you just can't go by that. By, by the way, Kev, real quick, let, let, I think we have to give out our – we're getting some tweets. Yeah, about we're getting a lot of tweets guests. about um, our mystery guests. So next week on the matchup zone – Kev, give me the drum roll. Give me some kind of – next week on the matchup zone, we will have Hall of Famer, Boston Celtics, Sam Jones will be in the zone next Monday <laughs> Hall of Famer, first Sam Hall of Famer. Um, I think hopefully first of many. Well, early word out, Kev. We're getting some more connections here. Early word out in the recent, recent uh, in the upcoming weeks, we may have the likes of Joe Montana on. Mm-hmm. Not the actor, Joe not, Montana, not, not Joe the quarterback. Montana, yeah. the Joe quarter- Montana. By the way, did you see Joe Montana brought his top six quarterbacks? Did you see that today? He what? He uh, he tweeted his top five quarterbacks. Who was on there? I don't know if it was any particular order, but Breeze, uh huh, Manning, uh huh, Brady, current quarterback, current, yeah, okay. yeah, current, I'm sorry, current, okay, Breeze, Manning, Brady, Brady Rogers, uh huh, and and uh, blah, 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 blah. I feel like you're gonna throw me for a loop with this fifth one because I no, I agree I, with everything. I, or, you no, only like Manning, and he both, oh, Manning, okay. both Mannings. I could agree with that. And then he tweets his next tweet was, oh, I forgot one, uh, Joe Flacco. So I guess it's his top six quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's tough because Joe Flacco, uh, I think he, I think he's getting there. He, he went led him to the Super Bowl. Joe Flacco is not the guy who I don't know. I think he's getting better. It's just I just don't I don't see him yet as the the Drew Brees or the the well, guy. He, here's the thing: when you look at guys like Drew Brees and Manning and Brady, they're they clear, don't have any defense, but they know. put up stats. A guy like Ben Roethlisberger has two MVPs. I mean, two Super Bowls. And no one talks about him. I mean, here's a guy who makes all the plays. He makes every play he has to. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's a big, strong guy. He's tough to take down. He's smart. Um, and you know, if this list, if the, if we were doing this list five years ago, he's on the list. Now all of a sudden, you know, what have you done for lately? Yeah. Miller is better. Eli Manning was two Super Bowls. Now he's overjumped Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and like you said, Ben Roethlisberger, nothing sexy about it. It's like the simple pass, the so, simple play, I, I, but, win but, Super Bowl. But, but 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 he makes great like when that 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 pass to Santonio Holmes in the corner yeah. of the end zone against the Cardinals. But now I see. Here's what I think about that: is that you have a guy like Roethlisberger, you have a guy like Joe Flacco. Those teams won Super Bowls because of what? Defense. Defense. The. Peyton Manning wins the Super Bowl because of Peyton Manning. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl because of Tom Brady. Drew Brees wins the Super Bowl because of Rodgers. Rodgers because of Rodgers. They don't win it because of a defense and just don't make mistakes. So I think Jim, Jim McMahon won the Super Bowl because of the defense. Yeah, it's like you, you if you don't make mistakes, just because you don't make mistakes, doesn't mean you're a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. I, I think, They're just a game match. Like like Trent Dilfer was a game manager. Yeah. Who was the guy who was a quarterback for the Bucks when they won? Uh, Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. He's yeah. a game manager. And know. I, I think, uh, you know, I think Flacco's a little better than than those well, guys. Flacco has a cannon. He does have a cannon. And he's a big boy. And it's tough because he really wasn't ever blessed with terrific wide receivers until this year, until the past few years. I mean, uh, it's he's starting to have guys to throw to who can constantly rely on. Would have been the, the Super Bowl yesterday if a guy didn't drop the ball in the end zone. 
you know, two years ago. I mean, two years yesterday. ago. No, yeah, I'm sorry, two years ago. Sorry, I got a little character. I was watching. Super Bowl. I was watching. Were the you doc- watching the NFL Network? I, no, I was watching the Doctor J that the, the rock the baby to sleep against Michael uh, yeah. Cooper, and that's uh, you know, like, countdown to, to the doctor. Like, like today, if someone were to do that, that rock the baby to sleep dunk, like, uh-huh. ah, what's the big deal? But back then, it was like, yeah. revolutionary. It was. You know, nobody was doing that kind of stuff. That's because that's because LeBron goes and dunks over the entire team and takes off from the foul line and catches an alley oop or catches a rebound from the top of the backboard and puts it in. I mean, there's a lot of those. Like, I mean, look at the doctor right there dunking over. I mean, look. I mean, yeah, it's really not that impressive. He did didn't he do that at the dunk contest once. Like he was in the dunk contest and was like, I'm going to go the old the old rock the baby to sleep just in the dunk contest. Probably. I mean, that was his go to move. Yeah. But then you look at a guy like Kobe. yeah, like look at this next one. I, I mean. It just goes to show you, but like, who did Doctor J? See, that's the thing. Like, Irvin, like uh, Jordan and Kobe, like Kobe modeled his game after Jordan. Okay. Uh huh. Who did Doctor J model his game at? Like, there was nobody like that before him. You know what I mean? So, uh-huh. like, God, like, like, Kobe, you can basically take. It looks like Kobe just spent his whole life studying Jordan's game, right down to the post game interviews. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, guys kind of emulated other guys' games. Nowadays, you know, back then, who was Dr. J modeling his game? Like, he was the first guy to really be yeah. high-flying. I mean, well, David Thompson, was he younger? High-flying Jama? No, well, David Thompson was with NC State. Yeah, but I think, uh, I think yeah, Doc, Doc was the first guy to really, I mean, it was more. And David Thompson was after Dr. J. I yeah, I think that he was the first guy to really revolutionize going up power dunking and having a, that being able to artistic dunk over people, of the artistic. He made dunking artistic. Exactly. I mean, he he was pretty much the, cause they they brought the dunk contest over from the ABA. There was no NBA dunk contest, and they brought it over from the ABA because Doc was winning it every right. year. And you know, Doc goes and wins the. It's like the, that's that's kind of how it's how it starts. He's the first one of. He's like a pioneer right. in terms of that. We well, you know it's funny. The first dunk contest was 1984 in the NBA, I believe, and Doc. I think it was. And Doc went up against Larry Nance, who played for the Phoenix Suns. And Larry Nance won the dunk contest that year. And you know what Larry you know what Larry Nance's dunk was that won this dunk contest? What? This dude went up, had two basketballs in each one oh, in each I hand. Do know that. And he just went up and he dunked one with the left and one with the right. And that won the dunk contest That's for him. Disgusting. Do you look at that and say and go, What? Like Dwight Howard's dunking two balls in like a fifteen foot rim. That's what I mean. And that's like ever people are like holding up sixes and throwing. That's, that's what I mean. Like I, I mean, here's a dude who was six foot nine to boot. It wasn't like he was Spud Webb dunking you know, too bad. Which yeah. He was six nine, holding the, hands like holding the ball like they're grapefruits, and just went up and dunk. You know, boom, boom. And, By the way, speaking of old time basketball, uh, how dumb is Carl Malone? Well, you know, he lost all he lost all credit, but he's bitter. He's not dumb. He's, he's a bitter dude. No, I think he's pretty dumb too. But he's bitter. I see. I don't pay attention to a guy like Carmelo. Yeah, he's a clown. He is. I think he's a clown. I think he's. You know, you know what's a funny story about Carmelo? And our 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 uh, our resident scout Chucky Brown used to tell me this story. He said that uh, when they were playing, he was with the he was with the Jazz at the time, and they were when they were playing in the uh, NBA playoffs, and it's like. They went to a double overtime game. Carmelo played forty-eight or like every minute of the game. Played fifty-two minutes, something like that. Something insane. Uh, put in like forty-something points. Dominated. Was bruised, battered, going to work the whole entire time. He said he he was a rookie. He 
He goes over there. He's just or he's a young player going in there. Walks into the weight room uh, early because he wasn't, you know, not really playing much. He's like, I'm going to get there early, you know, get my workout in. This is going to be good. Goes in six o'clock in the morning. The place is just opening up. Carl Malone's in there, completely drenched in sweat, already working out, lifting, getting his workout in. So you know, Carl Malone. I have a lot of respect for Carl Malone because I think he worked real hard. I just don't really appreciate his opinion but, on this. But now. when a guy like that said, when a guy like Carl Malone says that, and what we're alluding to is earlier this week, Carl Malone was on the Dan Patrick Show and he said that he would take Scotty Pippen over Michael Jordan as all-time top five players. And it's just a ridiculous. Like if he would have said, "I will take," um, if he would have said, "I would take," I don't know, Dominique Wilkins yeah. or. Uh, I would take Magic Shot Library. Fine. But when you say Scotty Pippen, you lost all credit. Like, Dan Patrick should have said, get the hell off my show. Yeah. Like, you, like lo- you lost all credibility, and he's just a bitter dude. Like, when a guy like that says something like that. He's just bitter. Yeah. It's bitter. It's all bitterness. I just think, yeah, I think he's I think he's just doing it because people are starting to forget who Carmelone is. So right. he's he, also, he had to get back in the he spotlight. He had to get back in the spotlight. And I think that's what, that, what, that's what motivates him. So it's like, I'm just going to say something ridiculous. Everyone's going to focus on me for a few weeks. Then they'll forget about me again. Hopefully I can do something enough to keep the spotlight on me, but most likely not. Yeah, so. I mean, I, when a guy like that says something, when a guy like Carl Malone says that, and, you know, and Carl Malone is one of those guys I feel like kind of gets lost in the shuffle talking about great players. I mean, get, by the way, give me Charles Barkley over Carl Malone oh, yeah. every day. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And Barkley, Barkley I think they, they're similar uh, similar players, and I think you look at uh, Barkley did it a lot by himself. You know, he had great players. He was in the NBA Finals. What was that? Ninety. Uh, no, Barkley, ninety-three. Ninety-three with the uh, Suns, Kevin yeah. Johnson, Dan Marley, guys like Dan. that. Thunderwear. Chambers. Thunderwear. Yeah. So, but you know, had Andrew those role Ryan. players. But you talk about John Stockton. John Stockton. Carl Malone's not half the player he was without John Stockton. And John Stockton made Carl Malone great, and Jerry Sloan did as well, putting that pick and roll in. Yeah, they ran those great sets. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, Carl, I mean, Carl Malone was a very good player, but he was, he was very consistent over the years. But when you talk about the top power forwards of all time, I mean, I can name a couple guys. I mean, first of all, is Duncan a center or forward? I'm going. Duncan's got to be. Duncan's got to be considered like a forward. Like on the back. Yeah, but why? Because he played with Russ. That yeah, exactly. But when you look at it now, like he's a center. Forward, he's a center. Yeah. Jesus. Doctor J could get up. Oh, Doctor J could fly. There's no love, by the way, doing, here we go. They're doing Doctor I love. See, I love the studio. I love having the TV here because we can just watch. It does distract us sometimes. Yeah, I mean the Doc is just they're they're the top ten dunks of all time. Man, I'll tell you what. See, I was young with the doc, but man, he could fly. Yeah. So, wrapping up tonight, uh, great show. Uh, we had some great callers tonight. Again, next week, Sam Jones, NBA Hall of Famer, played for the Celtics with Bill Russell, will be joining us next week on the Matchup Zone. Tune in. We want to thank uh, our sponsors. The show is brought to you tonight by Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. Just a phone call away, 888-458-2928. Advocare South Jersey Orthopedic Associates. Go see Dr. Wetzler for all your orthopedic needs, 856-424-8866. And Integrated Play. If you are an athlete transitioning into a career in the real world, go see Renee Schell, 
3857 plus a little south jersey news if you are if you actually i know a hanfield league kind of became defunct new men's league now uh Barrington Men's Summer Basketball League. Oh, Casey Lang will throw that one out there, right? Is accepting teams for the upcoming summer season. For more info and registration, go to www.bmsbl.com. Again, www.b as in boy, msbl. Barrington Men's Summer Basketball League.com. The action begins June 27th. So if you're interested in basketball, check it out. Again, thank you uh, to uh, our sponsors. Thank you. I guess we don't have to thank our interns. Thanks for our callers tonight. Thanks for not being here. Yeah. Thanks for uh, not being a thorn in our side. Well, we will see you, everyone, again next week. Hopefully we'll be talking a little uh, Marion Golf Course, a little more about the uh, U.S. Open. See you guys next week. Sam Jones. I got a million ways to get it. Shoes one. Shoes one. Hey, bring it back, bring it back. Now double your money and make it stack. I'm on to the next one.